right you hear the intro it's time it's time your boys are back brand new episode of the end time wrestling podcast good old week of wrestling honestly i can say it's been a great week of wrestling fresh off the weekend of chaos as we guess we could call it because literally it was nothing but fucking chaotic but also fantastic mm-hmm. in its own right so yeah uh not much to really talk about beforehand, because a lot of it, like we said, is going to be probably talked about during the big review. So, not going to waste much time. Hop into Monday Night Raw. Show kicked off with Edge. Pretty much getting ready to confront Dominic for what happened at Clash of the Castle. Ray came out, tried to pretty much, again, defend Dominic. And then Edge pretty much led to the whole, you know... You can't keep defending him at this point. He's responsible for his own actions, yeah. which I liked. I thought that was like, because it's true. The, Ray's at the point where he can't keep trying to protect Dom. Dom's got to make his own fucking choices and make his own mistakes. If he gets his ass kicked, he's going to get his ass kicked. Plain and fucking simple. Finally, Dom comes out, and again, it's with Raya. So this pretty much confirms. He's with Judgment Day. Now, we kind of thought, originally, at Clash of the Castle, it didn't look like he was joining them. He just left and didn't even fucking acknowledge them whatsoever. But then, literally, on Monday, comes out and is with them. So, Dom's not saying a word. Ray just gets ready to leave. He just leaves. He just says, fuck this, I ain't sticking around for this. Yeah, because Dom and Ray start to walk Mm -hmm. down to the ring, and Ray's like, hey... I'm, I'm not, I don't want anything to do with this. He tries to convince him one final time that he doesn't want to do, that he shouldn't do this, he doesn't want to do this, this isn't him. Dom just completely ignores him. Ray pretty much just, I believe he left, and then yeah, came he, back. he left and then came back. Yeah, yeah, so, they all, of course, Judgment Day jumps Edge, Ray comes back out, Ray gets left laid out again, like, all in all... It was an alright segment. I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Like, I still don't see it, how it's going to work, because Dom didn't say a fucking word. Like, commentary kept doing the whole, look at him, he has no remorse on his face, and I'm just like, that doesn't look like he has no remorse. He looks like he's about to fucking cry. Yeah, the Dom's, Dom's heel facial expressions definitely weren't the, uh, definitely weren't the best. It, yeah, but... I've, I've just pretty much come to the conclusion at this point that I'm just going to go with what's going to happen here. And in the end, if I fucking hate it, I'm going to hate it. If I if it somehow sways my opinion different, I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah, because this this first like segment didn't really honestly do much to yeah. really sway your opinion towards Dom being a heel. It was just, oh, look... 
Rhea Ripley has apparently turned Dominic into a man, which is like a bit of a weird way to put it. Yeah, it's a little. Uh, I wonder what's going on there. Like I, I know it. It, it with the way it seems, Dominic clearly has some sort of like mommy kink, and he's fucking latched on to fucking. Ray is literally Rhea. saying, "I am Dom's poppy." She is. She is Dom's dom. That sounds about right. Yeah. I got. Who knew Dominic Mysterio was into that shit? Who, who knew a guy with the name Dom? With, like, the shortened name Dom could be so submissive. <laughs> so, you know what? We're going to jump ahead a little bit because we even got the whole Ray interaction later on in the show where yeah. he was like, I'm challenging anybody in Judgment Day. He says, that's not my son. He says, because I refuse to fight my own son right now. Which we'll probably get eventually. Which we will get eventually. I highly doubt we're not going to get it. But he's just like, I'm not going to fight my son. He says, so whoever in Judgment Day wants to step up at this point, like, come on out and I'll face you in a match later, which we got Damian Priest, which we'll get to when we get to the match. Our first bit of action of the night is the Fatal 4-Way for the number one contendership to the tag team titles. We had The New Day, Alpha Academy, Los Lotharios, and Street Profits. Now, again... If you're still pretty much at this point stuck on the brand split, you go, what the fuck is this? But I've given up on that whole fucking bullshit, too. I'm tired of fucking fighting it. You know, at this point, all three shows are interacting with each other. It's literally a wild card rule at this point. They're just Basically. not saying it at this point. Because literally, raw people show up on SmackDown. Raw people show up on freaking NXT. Like, they're just mix-matching between the three shows. And at this point... I'm fine with it. At this, I, I'm not going to fucking complain about it anymore. I, I'm tired of complaining about it. And yeah, honestly, I kind of enjoy it right now. There's no point in, like, wasting energy on trying to bicker back and forth. I mean, I kind of, I mean I'm kind of enjoying it anyway like it is. Yeah. I kind of like it. I don't really hate it as much. So even if you don't even want to freaking bother doing the draft at this point, leave it at this. I don't care at this point. Go with it. But this match was great. It was really, like, all four teams, even Los Lotharios, like, we look at them and go, yeah, or, they like or, to... As Corey Graves kept calling them, Los Lotharios. Like, mostly we see them jobbing. But, like, in this match with three really good fucking teams, they actually hung in there well with them. They didn't look like jobbers. They actually looked like they fit in this match. Like, they belonged in this match. There was a really cool spot with... Uh, Humberto, where he goes for the moonsault, and some, I, I think it was Woods or one of the Street Profits, uh, reverse it with the feet up, he bounces up and gets caught immediately into a fucking Chad Gable German suplex. Yeah, he went for the moonsault, they put their feet up, just kicked him in the chin, and he was like, his, his perfect jump, like, I don't think it would have worked unless he did, unless he did jump, because I couldn't see it working as, like, looked as bad good as it would have if he just like landed on his feet and Gable just scooped him up and did it. Yeah. Like he bounced into it and then Gable threw him and I was just like I was fucking perfect. Yeah. But we get no finish here because out comes the returning Braun Strowman. Fucking listen I've given Braun Strowman a lot of shit with his whole joining control your narrative stuff. 
and I freaking gave him a lot of shit later on, because, you know, a lot of the shit Braun Strowman was doing later on before he got released was kind of dog shit. Yeah. But I'm happy to see Braun back. I'm, I'm amazed still that he's back. I thought the control your narrative stuff was it for him at this point. Like, he was never coming back. But apparently control your narrative just belongs in the fucking dumpster because literally everybody that's ever been in control your narrative at this fucking point is just leaving. I mean, if you, even if you go back, it was just shocking to even see that he was released. Yeah. Even when, yeah, like, the day he got released from WWE? Yeah, yeah. it was amazing. It was and then having shocker. it come out that, like, they were... He was, like, one of the actual only budget-cut fucking releases because he had such a massive contract. Well, remember there was all and that I, other bullshit that was going on about him, too. Like, he was tough to work with backstage and all that shit, I thought, at one point. Was another thing that was said about him, but it was, like... That to be a lot of the, like, what was given a lot of the reason. Like, they said that about Bray Wyatt. But it's like, how much can you really believe that when a majority of the problem was, by all terms, fucking Vince and his fucking lackeys? Yeah. But Strowman comes out, just wrecks shit. Everybody in this freaking match just gets destroyed. Yes, he does trip. He does the run around the ring, and he goes to run over Chad Gable, and he sidestepped him, and that's I I honestly believe that's what tripped Strowman up. Yeah, because if you if you look, uh, Strowman does try to hit Gable on the way through. Mm-hmm. Like you could see him like lean in, but then he sees Gable like jump dodge. on the ring. Apron. He dodges out of the way, so he has to move the other way and like to keep his momentum. But he ends up just tripping and falling. But even from there, he just gets straight back up and blasts yeah, Otis he, through the fucking barricade. He still barricade. has the momentum to fucking yeah. destroy Otis through the fucking But barricade. he just wrecks shit. And that was it. Like, it's cool to have fucking Braun Strowman back. Now, I th- there's a lot of people that were not a fan of this. Not surprised. Mostly, not because Braun Strowman coming back. It's just the manner of how he, how they did it. I know. How I, they decided. That, that I agree. That I do agree with. I, that is shitting on yeah, your tag. I division. don't. I don't know how, like, smart it is to have one person interfere in a number one contender match for the tag team titles, and then demolish all four of the teams. Yeah, I, I, I agree with people saying that. Like, it's cool to have him back and all, but that is like a direct middle finger. To your tag teams, to your tag team division, right there. Like that's a little bit fucked up. Yeah, there. It's it was a bit of a head scratcher, but mm-hmm. still. Yeah, but good. It's fucking good to have Strowman back. Mm. It's awesome to have Strowman back because at least it's a big man who can be entertaining. Unlike a certain somebody else who's still not on the roster right now because he's disappeared again. Thank the Lord that he's still fucking disappeared. You know they're gonna have the two of them in a match. Kill me. They're, you know we're gonna get our obligatory fucking Braun Strowman versus Omos match. We're gonna get Braun Strowman versus Veer. Ugh, God. Let's hope it's just Strowman beating them both up in like fucking minute in like seconds, and then they're both just gone. We're gonna get Braun Strowman versus Shanky probably. Oh dear God, it just gets worse just gets worse. Anyway, move on to 
Women's Tag Team Champions, Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah versus Nikki Ash and Dewdrop. Actually a really good match. I enjoyed it. It yeah, was. It was pretty good. Nikki and, and Dewdrop are growing on me as a team. I love it. Like, it's working very well. And Raquel and Aaliyah, like, at this point, because we'll, if we want to just jump to it now, the rematch is happening. Yeah. Uh, next week on Raw. Raquel and Aaliyah are defending against Io and Dakota again. More than likely, their reign's going to end there. I can, again, it just, it literally just screams what was the point of giving it to Raquel and Aaliyah and then now you're just going to put it on Io and Dakota again when you literally should have just done that from the start because, ooh, how about a little shock factor? Like, well, it's, it's like everyone was saying. Triple H isn't the type of person to have heels lose in a tournament. If, if NXT with their tournaments have proven anything... 95% of the time, a babyface wins so they can have the big pompous fucking confetti and fireworks and fucking streamers flying. Like, oh, wow, you did it. Good job. Yeah, but they didn't... Oh, you don't always have to go that route with him. This was a time when a fucking group that literally just formed needed a big win, so strap the tag titles on him. Not go with this fucking stupid story that they still haven't even fucking told anything about. Yeah, they, they still haven't even acknowledged the fact that Dakota wasn't even the legal person. Exactly! So what was the point, then? There's literally no point at this, like, for any of it at this point. Literally, if you're just gonna put it on them next week, the whole entire moment here was just kind of nothing. Yeah. It's just for a little big, like, big pomp and circumstances and confetti and explosions and everything, and that was it. That's not worth anything. Basically. Like, stupid. Literally stupid. But I enjoyed this match. Yeah, the match was pretty good. Yes. We had Megan Morant, this was the Rey Mysterio thing, which again, we, like I said, found out that it was Damian Priest later on in the show. Austin Theory came out, who now has his Austin back. Fucking awesome. We get him cutting a promo, which again, he is holding his jaw a lot during it because he got his fucking face punched in by Tyson Fury. He did fuck up that one time, and it's just like, he tried, he bounced back on it, like, kind of quick. Yeah. Where he fucked up, he, he kind of botched he messed, it. He messed up something in the promo, but then he immediately sold the jaw mm -hmm. and... Blamed it on the jaw, which I was like, that that's like really, that's like quick reactions, and just overall like really smart to do. Who then gets interrupted by Kevin Owens. Owens comes out, and he told him like, he did the whole, here's a funny thing for you, you got KO'd, which I thought was kind of, which I thought was pretty fucking funny. Owens pretty much just went in on Theory. Theory retaliated back pretty well, as well, like... We end up getting the match. Austin Theory versus Kevin Owens. This fucking match is awesome. This is awesome. Kevin Owens gets the win. The Kevin Owens section of Monday Night Raw is the great is the best thing of the night all the time. Yeah. Like there's still like there's still some good things on the show, but like Kevin Owens is like legitimately the best part of Raw so far. 
just seeing the presentation difference between exactly. Vince McMahon and fucking Triple H just, with Kevin Owens is just astronomical. Just think of what. Just think of this. Three weeks in a row now. Is it, I think three weeks in a row. We've had the Drew McIntyre match, and the promo. We've had the Chad Gable interaction, and the fucking match. We now had this interaction, and the match. The Kevin Owens portion of Raw is the best thing every night. Yeah, and with Vince, you were lucky to get him in a fucking match. You, it would, it was either a fucking promo or it was a match with Vince. There was the incredibly scary fucking moment there. Theory and Owens were brawling on the floor. Theory proceeded to, and I put this in any way possible that you could think of, literally just flung the most aggressive, like, like absolutely aggressively, through Kevin Owens' head, backwards, into the steel steps. And, like, the steps part. Not, like, the flat part on, like, the side or, like, at the very top. It was, like, straight up back of the head shit whipped into the fucking step pointy part. I literally, like, curled up in a ball watching that. It was fucking terrifying. Like, yeah. he just grabbed him by the head, threw him back so fucking hard, and you just see the thud. You hear it, you see it, and you just go, oh my god. It was, it was ugly. But in the end, Kevin Owens still wins. Pop-up powerbomb, stunner, Owens beats Theory, awesome fucking match. Mm -hmm. Theory, listen, I know people don't like him. I know they don't, but I think the kid's got a lot of fucking, he's got a fucking bright future for himself. He's fantastic, he's a great fucking heel right now. He's soaking in the freaking, like, holding the money in the bank. People just fucking despise him, and it's working. It, it's working, but it's also, like, it sucks to see the position that Vince McMahon put him in in such a quick order. Yes. Because I'm not saying that, like, if Vince waited, people would have, like, gravitated to Austin Theory more. They probably wouldn't have that easily. But it's, here. like, it's just people, and I'm, I'm guilty for this, I'm in the boat of that... Austin Theory, when he actually like gets to cash in, he's failing. I don't think he's winning this cash in. There ain't no fucking way. They've made him look like a chump well, in they, every possible they do that way. For every Which is stupid. Why is that part? always a thing? That should not be a thing. You should be able to make it seem like your money in the bank person should be able to cash in successfully, not have him go out there fucking looking like a chump every week, taking L's every fucking week, and then all of a sudden when he does cash in and say he actually does cash in successfully, it's like, oh, well, how am I supposed to care? He just got the shit kicked out of him for fucking months. Yeah. Like, it's just... It, he's literally gotten one win since winning Money in the Bank, if I'm not mistaken. And that was against Dolph. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, he hasn't gotten a fucking win. Barely. He just keeps losing over and over and over again. Like, if that doesn't signify that he's going to lose this fucking cash-in... Like, again, we talked about it at Money in the Bank. It just feels too soon for Theory. Mm -hmm. I feel like they strapped the rocket on him too goddamn fast. 
I could see him winning Money in the Bank, just not now. Like he yeah. literally has only been on the raw. Uh, he was literally only on the roster for like what a couple months, and they gave him Money in the Bank. Like they didn't even barely have a U.S. title reign. They took that off him in fucking like weeks. It was disappointing. So it's like now you're freaking booking him as Money in the Bank holder, and he's not doing anything with it except looking like a chump. So how am I supposed to believe that he's going to successfully cash in? Like yeah, He's tried to cash in twice. Both of them, the one time he forgot that there was two people in the fucking match mm-hmm. and only attacks fucking Roman, just beats him up, beats him up with the fucking briefcase and forgets that Brock's in the fucking match. And then in this one, he gets fucking punched in the face by fucking Austin Theory. Or by Tyson, Tyson Fury, Fury, yeah. Too many E's. Yes. Sarah Schreiber interviewed the Miz and Champa. That's when she walked in the was this was Sarah Schreiber the one when she walked in the room and Miz was working out with the bands and they snapped out from under his feet like and he jumped. Yeah. Yeah, so fucking it's just there's something about also Tommaso Champa has his Tommaso back. Hallelujah. It's just I don't know what it is. I'm not a Miz fan, but there's just this whole thing with Dexter Loomis to me has me locked in. It's it's really entertaining. Very. Very entertaining. Just this whole little thing where it was like, he again talked about that he's the only two-time Grand Slam champion and everything, and again, it's like same old Miz fucking promos over and over again. But it's like, there's something about this Dexter Loomis thing that's just so fucking enjoyable that it's just like, I, even though I despise the Miz... I'm locked in on this, because it's just so enjoyable. Yeah. So, Miz, of course, is in the main event against Bobby Lashley for the U.S. title, inside of a steel cage. So, interesting. We saw the Chiefs at the, at, at, in the crowd. We got a video package for the for a Medal of Honor recipient. We got the Bailey... EO Sky and Dakota Kai promo. It came out and of course got interrupted by Bianca. And it's like I don't know, this segment felt kinda awkward at the end. It did. It felt really good, but then it was just like, again, every segment that they've had really just is the same thing almost. Bianca comes out while they're talking, and then they just leave. Even by herself. It doesn't make... It's just like... Oh, God. It has been really repetitive, but this may be a hot take, but that's really what Bianca Belair is when she's champion. Oof. It's really repetitive. Oof. Every time she has a new challenger on the way, she's like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna... I'm a fighting champion. Defend against all, all comers. I'm the roughest, toughest, greatest, tallest, smallest fucking... Fastest, strongest, whatever, fucking, anything that ends in EST. It's just, it's the same thing. Bianca Belair, in my opinion, and again, hot take, as soon as she wins the title, literally a month in, and it's already boring. That sucks. That sucks saying that. Because we want Bianca to win the title a lot. It's, it's like it's not. It's not even the fact that she's like, 
her matches aren't good. No, her no, they're definitely not. They're definitely not bad. Like, at least eighty-five percent of her matches are good. It's yeah. just the fact that the build-up is always the same thing. Yeah. And she says the same thing over and over again. Well, it's like again with a lot of like if I have to like with the in AEW with the Jungle Boy and Christian thing. Everything's a fucking... Everything was a promo build-up. Mm-hmm. It's like, why are neither one of them wrestling? Why is Bailey not wrestling at least once? But at at least, least a week. At least here, like, Bailey had the match with Aaliyah, and and uh, Bianca had the... I know it was a jobber match, but it was Bianca and the... Yeah, that was right before the Alexa fucking... And Oscar had the match with the... Uh, with the jobber Enhancement talent, in other words. With uh, Katie Arquette and... Yeah. Uh, uh, Danny Moe and fucking yeah. the other one. But that was really the only other matches they've had. Like, Bailey's not wrestling except only on fucking premium live events. And so is Bianca. Barely. Oh, like, occasionally she wrestles on Raw, which of course, if we want to just jump to that quick, Yeah, she's having an open challenge on Monday, mm-hmm. which could either be answered by Bailey, could be answered by anybody. I'm sure it probably won't be answered by Bailey. Yeah, I highly doubt it. It'll be probably Bailey. be answered by like Tamina or something. I thought you were gonna say Dana Brooke. I was gonna be like, oh no, no. I'd rather not. Imagine wasting a fucking segment of an open challenge and you get Dana Brooke. That's fucking terrible. That's like fucking, I don't know. That's like ordering through the drive-through at McDonald's and getting fucking stuff they pulled out of the trash. Is that a good comparison? Like, that's just a terrible way to answer an open challenge. But it's like, yeah, it, again, the promos weren't were, were fine. It's just it came off awkward at the end because they just kind of like left the ring and just stood there and nothing happened. Yeah. Just kind of stood there and then finally Bailey started talking again and I was just like, well, that felt awkward. Oh, <laughs> uh, we saw Ray getting ready to come out for his match. Sarah Schreiber interviewing Johnny Gargano. In the, in a nutshell, to put this, Johnny's having his first match next week. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Missing, Been missing fucking Johnny Gargano. Can't wait to watch him wrestle. Can't wait to see who the fuck we're going to have him face at this point. It's either good, I, I have a feeling... I just have this... Like a premonition, as Matt Hardy would say. All right, Matt Hardy, jeez. I, I have a premonition. It's going to be Shelton Benjamin. I have a premonition that I'm going to take a shot in the dark here, and it's going to be Dolph Ziggler. It's going to be Shelton Benjamin. I'm going to take a premonition and say it's going to be Dolph Ziggler. And I know Marcus hates Dolph Ziggler. It's going to be Shelton Benjamin. I hope it's Dolph. <laughs> Sorry, it's, Shelton. It's going to be a heel jobber. So T bar, <laughs> Shelton Benjamin, <laughs> Cedric Alexander. He's a face uh, now. Well, we haven't seen him, so we don't know. He could have probably turned fucking heel while he's been gone. Probably. Shelton Benjamin. <laughs> we don't know if Shelton's a fucking heel at this point. Shelton is a heel. We'll go if with Cedric it. If Cedric is a babyface teaming with Mustafa, then Shelton is the heel. <laughs> Shelton Benjamin is going to fight Johnny Gargano. Of course, he had the interruption by Theory. Again, if we're going to get those two one-on-one, can't wait to watch it. It's going to be awesome. It'll happen eventually. 
Next is Rey Mysterio and Damian Priest. Honestly, I thought the match was good. It was good. Again, it's that whole Judgment Day having really good matches. Again, story still ain't got me locked in yet. But literally, like, it was it was really good. Don't get me wrong, like wrong at all. Like it was really good. Priest won with the South of Heaven. It we got more Dom stuff again. He came out for this one, and like again they beat up on Ray, and it was just like Dom watched the entire time. Like yeah. it was like, wouldn't it be like a better idea to have him beat up his dad, like instead of just watching? Like, he just kind of, like, watched as everybody else did all the work again. And I was like, you know, this probably would have drew me in a little bit more if you just had Dom whacking him with the chair at the end of it instead of just leaving him there. Like, if he just picked up that chair and just destroyed his dad right there with the chair, weared him out with that chair, you maybe could have freaking swayed my opinion here. But it's like, Dom still hasn't said anything. I'm sure they're probably waiting for it. Like, they're, they're waiting for a... Uh, it's probably it might, it, it'll probably happen because I don't see spoiler alert uh, Edge and Dominic was made for this Monday. Yeah, I have a feeling that's not going to end in a clean way. Oh, Dom's clearly winning this via screw job. I I don't even think there's going to be a decisive winner. I think there will I be. Think, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be like a DQ or something. So I think there is going to be a finish. I just think it's going to be a lot of fucking screwy shit going on. And I think Dom's going to win. I think Dom's going to beat him. I think Edge will do it. I think Edge will do the job for this. Which is crazy. But, could be interesting. Someone on social media goes, Can Dominic Mysterio's heel theme be Eddie Guerrero's heel theme? The phone ringing and the, Can you feel the heat? Yeah, but like the, just the very the... last version of it. Where it's not like the heel lie, cheat, and steal, but the 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 very last Eddie Guerrero theme song. Oh, that one. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Very interesting. You want to get me fucking hooked? Let's do it. Let's go for it. Let's pull it out and just let's just pull out all the fucking stops. I told you, you need to fucking pull out something big. That'll sway my opinion right here because I've been still not into this whatsoever. But if you get Dom coming out with that that phone ring and you just hear the freaking music play without like the words and nothing, just the music playing, I will fucking sway my opinion in seconds. Just to, everyone will be like, "Oh, what a fucking dick!" That would just be nuts. Just he was like, "You know what? I'm gonna use Eddie's fucking." theme song. <laughs> I wonder, is Dom old enough to drive? I, I would assume so. So put him in a if low If he's old rider. enough to be employed by WWE, then he's probably old enough to drive. Put him in the... Then put him in a lowrider. <laughs> you want to fucking no, be no, no, more no, of an asshole? Save, save that for the Dom-Ray match. No. Save it for the Dom-Ray match. Have him come out in a lowrider. With that music playing? That'd yeah. be fucking nuts. That'd be nuts. Guerrero fucking, Ray would, fucking pants. And Ray would be so conflicted. Boots. He don't know if he'd be pissed and just want to fucking take his son to the woodshed, or he'd just be an emotional mess. <laughs> Either way, this could do it. But yes, please do it. 
We had Sarah Schreiber interviewing Lashley. Not much to say. It was just an interview. We had the interview with Braun Strowman, where he was like, I'm not going to say much. He just says the monster of all monsters is back, and he was going to see everybody on SmackDown. We had a video package on Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins. Their Clash of the Castle match was fucking awesome. Again, I don't know what we're going to get out of this. I can't wait to see it, though. They showed after the match that Riddle said he wants a rematch, and then they went to Rollins, that, and then they told him that Riddle said that, that he wants a rematch, and then Rollins just basically laughed in their face and said that he's he's done with it. Which which basically means we're going to get a rematch. Yes. Just because Rollins says he's done with it don't mean it's over. Yeah. I, again, I don't know what's coming next for this feud, but I am fucking locked in. I'm, I'm locked in. The, the seatbelt is strapped in. I'm tightening that son of a bitch. I'm in all the way with this. I cannot wait to see what's next between these two. Mm-hmm. I don't know what, but whatever it is, fucking zero to a million, I'm ready for it. And then the main event, it was just like, damn, the show felt like it flew. For three hours, this show felt like it flew. Yeah, it went by really fast. And that's the thing about Raw. It's been fucking flying. And it's actually been enjoy. Like I said, and that's, I guess, just from it being enjoyable. From it being a really good episode of Raw every time. The show just fucking flies. And it's just, it's crazy. Steel Cage. United States title. Bobby Lashley defending against The Miz. This was fucking awesome, actually. Again, Miz is not... I can't stand The Miz... Dude feels like sometimes he wrestles like a pussy. Like he's afraid to hit anybody, but it's like... I don't know what it was about this match. Ever since his pairing with Tommaso Ciampa, it's just been... It's really revitalized, like, how you look at Miz. That... I... I, part, I pretty much agree. I agree with it. Like, there's something about Miz that's like, not fucking turn your TV off fucking boring right now. It's just because it's like he's locked in this Dexter Loomis stuff already and it's just like him being with Champa seems to help so much. It's like you want to see Tommaso Champa on TV well you gotta suffer through the Miz but it's like something about being around Champa has made the Miz watchable. Yeah and it also seems like he's not as like Tempur-Pedic soft as he used to be. It does seem like he's kind of turn the dial a little bit, yeah. but not fully yet. Like, he's not... He does, like he's there's, still, there's still some things that look like he's fucking hitting you with a my pillow, but... Uh, <laughs> there's, like, there's some things that are like, ooh, he had a little bit of fucking zang to that. The zang. ending. What did, Where did I even think? Zang? That's a word now. Fucking put it in the dictionary. Zang. That's zang. A, yep. Yep. Go ahead. Ending of this match. Miz goes to escape. As soon as he gets over, like, gets on top of the cage and starts to make his way down to the other side, Dexter Loomis is under the, comes from under the ring and is laying on his back, just looking up at the Miz. Almost looked like he had a smile on his face. It was so <laughs> fucking funny. He looked like he was just smiling at the Miz. It looked like, like it he was, was just so looking funny. up at him like, hi, Mike. It was just so fucking funny. 
Miz gets the shit scared out of him, climbs back into the cage, eats a spear, Lashley retains, awesome match. Loomis then climbs in there and puts the silence on the Miz. And ends and the show goes off the air with him cradling the Miz on like and petting his head. And it's just like I fucking love this. I love this so much. It was great. I just I cannot wait. Like I'm telling you, I just need Indy here for this. I need Indy here for this. I need it now. I need Index versus the It couple, and I need it to happen soon. Like, why? You're not doing anything with her in NXT. Bring her up here, pair her with Loomis, put Index on Raw, fucking do something with it. It'll be the most enjoyable, probably another fucking most enjoyable part of Monday Night Raw. Is Index on Raw. Come on, for God's sake. Do I have to quote Batista here? Give, Give me what I want! want. God damn it! <laughs> so yeah. Really, really good show for Raw. We now move on to NXT. Fresh off Worlds Collide. We got... Tyler Bate taking off the show. He pretty much came out and put over Braun Breaker. Again. Which, again, match was fucking awesome. It was. It was. It, it's probably right up there as match of the night in in the entirety of the show. Like, there's so many... Like, it was so tough to decide one match of the night for that show. Yeah. Because there was, like, three. You had the women's match, which I thought was awesome. You had the main event, which I thought was awesome. And you had the Ricochet and Carmelo match, which was awesome until you get to the finish. So I feel like you kind of take that out of the position. Mm. So it's either going to be the women or the main event is your match of the night. But Bate came out, put them over, put over Braun Breaker. He gets interrupted by Gallus, who pretty much dig in at Tyler Bate that he didn't get the job done which then Tyler swings it around and clearly points out the fact that Gallus didn't get the job done either. And it's like, did they really not, for, did they completely forget that they didn't get the job done here? Like, if they, they should have chose a better team. If, if anything, they should have had it been like Tony D'Angelo and Stax, who had nothing to do with Worlds Collide. Right? Or like, uh... Dyad, or... Something. Uh, it didn't make sorry, sense. Sorry, sorry, Schism. And, um, <laughs> or, I don't know, like, somebody other than one of the losing teams... Exactly. ...in the match. It came off so awkward with them coming out there and going, you didn't get the job done, you let NXT UK down, well... Yeah, that did, do. Yeah, like, what the fuck? <laughs> but it ends up with them going to attack Tyler Bate... Braun Breaker comes out and makes the save. We get a tag match later on as the main event. Gallus versus Breaker and Bait. So, we get a backstage thing with Pretty Deadly and Lash Legend. Didn't really care. Don't give a shit about Pretty Deadly whatsoever. Could care fucking less about Lash Legend. She just... Ass. Absolute ass. And, I, like, she's just garbage. She's not good at all. Pretty deadly. Like, I, there's people that like them, okay? 
I, I don't, I just don't like them. They're just not my we, thing. We are not one of them. Yeah, just, just not any really interest in them whatsoever. Like, they're okay in the ring. Don't get me wrong. They're okay. But it's like, I don't know. They just don't work for me. It just See, doesn't and do I it. just, I don't like them at all. Oh, just they're at not, all? They're not good in the ring. They're super annoying. And fucking, for some apparent reason, Shawn Michaels has this weird obsession with them. Right? It's very fucking weird. Very weird. It's like, like he has the fucking obsession with Mandy Rose. Yep. But at least that's under fucking standable because Mandy Rose is a fucking bombshell. <laughs> so, we get our first match of the night. Toxic Attraction versus Dewdrop and Nikki. This is fresh off the... Worlds Collide Interference of Toxic Attraction, which I told you was pretty much just them. I thought it was them coming out to try to keep it as the easier team to be, like, to beat, since they want to still be in contention for the tag team titles. But after it just kind of resulting in this, not only does this still make no sense for them interfering in the tag match, but what happened on Friday, again, doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I'm so confused what the fuck is going on with, specifically, Gigi and JC of Toxic Attraction. So, this tag match was really good. I actually yeah. like this. Like, Toxic Attraction, like, Gigi and JC-wise... They're, they they got me okay they're I'm I'm like all in for them they're fine okay Nikki and and Dewdrop again they're I'm starting to like them there is one thing we didn't uh, mention with on Raw though uh, right in the background of one of the things I think it was when Damage Control was walking to their to the ring to the ring mm -hmm. in the background you could see Nikki and Dewdrop arguing and you see Nikki rip her mask off and then throw it at Dewdrop. This is like this is now like what the second time that uh, we've seen like something between the two of them in the background because yeah. even during the the during the tournament when Natty and Sonya won the last chance match and they were doing their interview, you could see them arguing in the background, and it was like, I'm more interested on what the hell's going on in the background than listening to Natty and Sonya talk. Yeah. And it's like, I just, we just see her take the mask off on Raw, and she throws it at Dewdrop, and I was like, but, but I want to know what's going on with that. Like, <laughs> can we go back to that for a sec? What's going on here? And the thing is, is like, we get zero fucking explanation ever about it. It's exactly. It just kind of, like, happens... And then nothing gets brought up about it. Like, it's gotta lead to something. Like, is this just, like, Nikki? I'm telling you, Nikki's either gonna start... This is her just, like, nonchalantly shedding the Nikki A.S.H. character? Or it's sadly just gonna result in a breakup? And I'm not really for the breakup, especially after you just kinda, like, slightly revitalize the tag division a little bit. So it's yeah. like... Let's not start with the breaking up of fucking tag teams. Would Dewdrop and Nikki get the win and they get the revenge for the interference? Like, Toxic Attraction? Like, clearly they're trying to stay in contention still for the tag team titles, but they're losing a lot. Yeah. And it's almost just like, I don't think they know what they want to do with Toxic Attraction anymore. 
which is really weird. Like, they all should be on the main roster. Easily. Right now. So, it's just, it's really weird what's going on with Toxic Attraction. So we got... Apollo Cruz's vignette. Where his eye is all fucked up after the Grayson Waller match where Waller, like, got him multiple times in the eye. And he turned around and his eye was all fucked up and it's like, so what's gonna happen here now? It's, I'm dreading this. Because Wade Barrett repeatedly said eye for an eye. <laughs> He repeatedly said, eye for an eye, on commentary. I, no. Let's pray no. to God NXT doesn't pull a Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio and try to do eye for an eye. You imagine just how fucking ridiculous that's going to be. Like, that might be one of the most ridiculous ridiculous matches again. I damn near fell off of the couch when I heard Wade Barrett. He said it at least five times. Mm-hmm. It's... No, please. Sean. Sean, I know. I know that we bash you a lot on this show. Oh, don't worry. That's that's kind of become a fucking habit now on this show now. We, we have bashed you quite a bit for your booking with NXT. Because you're booking like fucking Vince McMahon would. Just saying. Please, for the love of everything, don't do eye for an eye. <laughs> it's it's going to be Please and thank fucking nuts. But yeah, again, I'm interested to see what's going to happen here. But I'm also just like, I don't know what happens here at the same time. It better fucking not be eye for an eye. <laughs> I kind of wanted to do it just because I no. want to see. No, I want it to happen now just so I can get your reaction here on this fucking show. I need to fucking see you just rant on a fucking eye for an eye match happening again. It would be wonderful. We already had to talk about the first one. Yeah. I don't want to have to talk about it again. Oh, don't worry. If Shawn Michaels is keep keeps booking the way he does, we'll have eye for an eye, two out of three falls style. Probably some fucking crazy bullshit where instead of ripping one eye out, you gotta rip both eyes out. That'll be even fucking worse. Wouldn't fucking surprise me though, cause Shawn Michaels is dumb right now. Anyway, JD McDonough versus Wesley was next. This match was awesome. Was awesome. Love fucking Wesley on TV. Loving JD McDonough. Like, love that they changed his finisher, that they didn't actually, like, fully change the name. But it's like, like, you didn't have to change it to something different, but it's still kind of the same name as it was. It's, it's, it's a just, play, it's yeah. a play on words. Yes, and it's Because, crazy. for those who don't know, uh, Jordan Devlin a.k.a. J.D. JD McDonough. His old finisher used to be called the Devlin Side. Now, as J.D. McDonough, his finisher is called Devil Inside. Inside. It's a great play on words. It's great. I love it. 
match was awesome. I just wish Wesley would start fucking winning some matches. More Wesley on TV, and give him some fucking wins here, for God's sake. How fucking difficult is this? We had Tony D'Angelo and Stax having cappuccinos. They get confronted by Pretty Deadly, which again, completely turned that all like, just completely turned ourselves away from that, because it was just like... Yes, cool. It's Tony and Stax, okay? But they're fucking interacting with Pretty Deadly. Could this absolutely wasn't even the fuck. last time that we saw Pretty Deadly. No. We then get Roxanne Perez versus Mako Sadamora. Before we continue, I just, I just have to say... Yeah, I want to hear your response to this. Can we fucking decide what we're doing on Tony with Tony D'Angelo? He is... You, you had this entire feud with Santos and Legato. Legato just leave. Mm-hmm. And now just Tony After D'Angelo. him winning the fucking stipulation, they just up and leave. He says that he lets them leave. Mm-hmm. Which, that's not how that works. Nope. At all. Nope. And now we just have him sitting in the back with stacks... Either fucking drinking cappuccinos or just sitting there. At Worlds Collide, they had an interaction with Cameron Grimes. Nothing came out of it. Well, he's part of the whole thing with Cameron Grimes now. Where there was no build up to that here. There was actually at the end of this. There was at the where during this you missed it. There was a interaction again with Cameron Grimes and. And, and Tony again, where they gave, like, they ended up giving Cameron Grimes a cappuccino and try to convince him to join them. But pretty much, again, it's the same thing like Cameron Grimes said with Schism. He was like, you ain't ever going to see Cameron Grimes do, like, join you guys. He says, I'm going to the moon and everything. And then it turns into a fucking brawl with Tony putting... Cameron Grimes through a table of entrees. I, I don't, I don't get it. It's it's literally he's now involved with the Cameron Grimes stuff, which nobody knows what's going on with the Cameron Grimes stuff because you got Schism trying to freaking acquire him, you got Tony and Stax trying to get him. Like, it's 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 like taking. Everybody who's in fucking creative limbo right now and not knowing what the fuck to do and jumbling it up in a fucking ball and going, this is the story now. It's just one big fucking ball of what the fuck is happening here. Like, it's fucking weird. Like, it's confusing. Tony's all of a sudden now in fucking creative limbo now with... since Legato left. And it's just like, what the fuck is Tony gonna do? Joe Gacy barely fucking is on the show half the time. When he does wrestle, we only see him once. Then he disappears again. Same thing with fucking Schism. But the rest is Schism. Just show up one fucking week and then disappear. It's nothing. It, it just It's it confusing. Make any sense. It's confusing as fuck. It's really confusing. We move on to Roxanne Perez and Mako Satomura. This was fucking awesome. 
Yeah, it, it was a really, Fan really good match. Fucking tastic. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Just, you had the whole interaction of the two of them where they were talking backstage, which pretty much led to the match, because you saw the Mako interaction with Korra, where Korra's like, you'll be absolutely graced to wrestle me, and I'm just like, shut the fuck up, Korra, alright? Please. We end up getting her telling Korra that she's going to face Roxanne, you know, the respectable opponent. And in the end, Mako gets the win. With Scorpion Rising, which, my God, I fucking love that move. It's a shame, though, that she completely whiffed the move. She got, like I said, she skimmed her forehead. No, that's she about did it. not. She completely fucking missed it. After that, they both show respect to each other, because they did in the beginning of the match. They end up showing respect to each other again. Mako leaves. Cora shows up. Kane's Roxanne. Mako goes in to make the save, and Cora runs off. So more than likely, we're going to get Mako versus Korra anyway. Again, like, I don't know what's going on with the Roxanne and Korra stuff. Like, nothing is happening with it anymore. They just had the promo where freaking Roxanne had to vent her, you know, entire feelings of the entire situation, send a text to Korra, and then block her, which we saw twice in a week. Because they showed it on last Tuesday and then proceeded to show the same fucking thing at Worlds Collide. Like, just in case you missed it on Tuesday. Like, I don't know what's going on with that whole situation. Mako's now kind of drug into it here. Like, it's just weird. It's just very bizarre. Yeah. Braun Breaker, Tyler Bate were backstage warming up for the tag match. We get Vic Joseph and... Wade Barrett sending everybody to a video package on what happened with Diamond Mine and Damon Kemp. All in all, this was really kind of bad. Damon Kemp should never speak again. Just listening to him talk, I was like, boy oh boy, he fucking sounds like a robot when he talks. He sounds like he's, he literally sounded like he was reading off a cue card. Like, he was, like, taking his time, and, like, he just, he sounds like Roddy when he talks. Because literally the first half of the promo was him kissing Roddy's ass, and then proceeds to tell us how he laid out Roddy, and I'm like, what sense does that make? I'm like, why did you kiss his ass then, and not if you're mention, fucking gonna lay him out? Not to mention the reasoning as to why he did all this is just so dumb. It, he, he goes... Di or the Creed saw how Roddy was turning and he gave them the chance to leave Roddy behind but they didn't so he decided to beat beat him up he beat the two of them up it just it doesn't make sense he literally says wait he literally said that I gave them the chance to leave Roddy they were about to leave Roddy! But Gallus intervened on that whole situation. They kind of had no choice but to still kind of align themselves with Roddy. The, the, whole, the, whole th the whole thing is fucking stupid. It is! That's so dumb! That just sounds 
so dumb. Yeah, and like the other thing was that like he gave the he he felt like the the diamond mine never fucking accepted him or whatever, and it's like. When, they accepted when, you with fuck. They, you do you realize that you were introduced to Diamond Mine in the most anticlimactic way ever? Yeah. Roddy just goes, "We have another member." Ta-da! And that was it. Yeah, he said that Roderick Strong brought him in, and then the Creeds weren't happy about it, and then he had like no say in Diamond Mine. That Ivy Nile had more say. And then he gave him one more chance to fucking accept him and leave fucking Roddy in the past. And Yet they did. did fucking accept him. They accepted him. They even still were accepting Roddy, even though they were trying to get rid of him. Like, it's such a fucking jumbled mess. Yeah, this whole Damon Kemp's shit is fucking stupid. I don't even care anymore now. It's so dumb. Because literally in the end, he ends it with, it's not Diamond Mine forever, it's Damon Kemp forever. And I'm like, oh boy. That just, it, it was nothing to me. It was bad. Yeah. Followed up by Ricochet versus Trick Williams. Why the fuck is Ricochet having to face Trick Williams? And plus, what does this do for Ricochet? Oh boy, I got screwed over in a North American title match with fucking Carmelo because of Trick, so I'm just gonna beat up Trick, but does this literally lead to him getting a title match, like, rematch? Probably not, so what's the fucking point? We just suffered through Trick Williams and his boring-ass self, and freaking the only best part about this was Ricochet. Uh, I'm gonna be completely honest to our listeners right now. I did not watch this match. I saw that Trick Williams was coming up, and I used this as my bathroom break. Listen. And by the time I came back, the match was over. I'll put it this way. Trick got a lot of offense in, but again, unless you're interested in Trick, you don't give a shit. It's just Ricochet stuck now with this nonsense. And it's like, unless he's getting a title match, this was just, ha-ha, I'm going to beat up your lackey because, sure. Which I'm sure this is probably just his, just to, like, give, like, some sort of boost to Ricochet before he goes back up. I I don't know what's going to happen here. Like, again, we're still questioning at this point. They said that uh, next week is the uh, one-year anniversary of NXT, Mm -hmm. and then they also announced that Carmelo has a a open or not an open challenge. Not an open challenge. He has a challenger that is unknown until the fans vote on the challenger. Mm -hmm. Which is going to be very interesting on what the hell that's going to be. We got more, like I said, of the Tony D'Angelo stacks thing. This is where they put Cameron Grimes through the table. After the whole interaction of Grimes saying, I won't join you, I'm not going to join Schism, I'm going to do it by myself, I'm going to go to the moon. And then Tony and Stax beat the snot out of him. So, again, no idea what's going on with Tony, no idea what's going on with Cameron Grimes, no idea what's going on with Schism, no anything. It's going to lead to fucking Rip Fowler and Jagger Reed versus fucking uh, Tony D and Stax and the winner fucking Tony, or Cameron Grimes is forced to join. Pretty much the winner. Yeah. So, 
Wouldn't be surprising. Would not surprise me. Best of three series. Match number one. Nathan Fraser versus Axiom. I thought this was awesome. Yeah, but what, what do you what do you really expect from these two? Yes, Axiom. Listen, I know we know it's a kid. It's weird having him in the mask. It's very fucking bizarre. But God, this was fucking awesome. Like the first time we see Axiom when he de- when he debuts as Axiom. He wrestled like a high flyer. But in this match, being that him and Frazier were both high flyers, it was weird. Like, he didn't really use a lot of the high flying. Like, he did some, but he didn't, like, stick to the high flying. He went to the more of he like, went the to his technical old, side. Yeah, he went to his technical side. And I was like, that's pretty interesting. I was like, he's trying to ground Frazier, which is awesome. And it's like, and he ended up getting the win with it. We ended up getting the win, which was freaking cool. Like, it was all around just a great match. Like, I enjoyed the shit out of it, and it's like, I'm actually pumped to see what the next two matches are going to be. Like, clearly, Fraser's going to win the next one, because we're going to have, whenever you come to a best of whatever, it's always got to go to the final match. So, Fraser's clearly winning the next one. Yeah, the, the, the wrestling is not the problem for me. It's just the fact, for me personally, Axum, just as a character, I'm still not fully understanding. He's a mathematical superhero. I, I just, he just hasn't connected as this new character yet. Him being like, I can understand a mathematical superhero, it just hasn't, it is, it's, it's bizarre. It's hard for me to really, like, dig it's bizarre. It is bizarre. Because it just seems very... random. Like, it, it is bizarre. Like, I was not expecting them to take a kid and mask him up. Yeah. Of all fucking things. Like, what was wrong with a kid as a kid? Really nothing. Like, they called him up to regular NXT, used him once, and then just were like... Repackage yeah. him. He had the he had the qualifying match for the North American title yeah. ladder match. Had the ladder match, and then they repackaged him. It was just weird. Like there was nothing wrong with him to begin with. Like you could literally have stuck with this same character, just not the superhero part. All you had to do was say he uses mathematics to wrestle, and it's like just to make it some kind of interesting, like something interesting like that. And it's just like they were just like, but you know what would make that even better? Put a mask on him. That's even better. Yeah. Like no, it's fine. Like he was. Like I'd rather him just be a kid again. At least if he's a mathematical fighter, like he deduces that he just he has this much percentage of winning. Like just something interesting. Unlike. Math, mathematical superhero. Yeah. This was bizarre to me. Like, Gallus was backstage, making their way out, and they had security with them. Which I didn't get at all why they had security. Because even in the beginning, when they came out to confront Tyler Bate, they had two security guards with them out there. And it was like... 
Why are they out there? It's really weird. Like, are they trying to make it seem like Gallus is not something that you shouldn't... Is something that you shouldn't fuck with that much? That they need security around them? That's just weird. Like, it's bizarre. Like, very. I just didn't... I don't get the security detail. Like, any of it. It just is very bizarre to see. But they made their way out there. Now... We found out something interesting here. Now, they announced matches for what's going to happen next week. We have the Creeds getting their rematch in a fans pick the stipulation. We have, again, the Carmelo versus a fan picked opponent, which should be really fucking interesting. The one was, like I said, the, the, the Creeds get and pretty deadly with the fans picking the stipulation which is interesting you have Hank Walker the security guy making his debut against Javier Bernal now if I can remember what else was in this like in the entire freaking like announcement there was something there was other things too and uh, I just Quincy Elliott is debuting coming. as well yep we also have the um a Lash Legend and Fallon Henley match, which was made. They also hyped up the arrival coming soon of uh, Sol Ruka. Yep. I love how literally I said that. Like, can we find out... Can we see some more of Sol Ruka? Because they were showing a lot of... Like, I've seen a lot of people posting stuff about her in Level Up. And I was like, okay, well, she seems kind of interesting. Like, she's very... Like, she's, she seems like she's a gymnast. Yeah. But she seems kind of interesting. Like, she seems very athletic. She seems like she's very, like, into sports. Like, all that other kind of stuff. And it was like, okay, well, I'm kind of interested in this. And it's like, I want to see her now. Because instead of people just posting highlights, can I get some, like, actual freaking matches instead of just seeing, like, oh, here's her doing her little over-the-top freaking entrance, because a lot of people were showing that she has, like, a really over-the-top entrance and everything, like, how she just ran and, like, jumps up on the ring apron hitting a split, and I was like, okay, that's a lot. But, like, it's... I want to see her, like, just give me what the hell she freaking, like, how she wrestles, and let me see if I'm gonna like her or not, like. Yeah. I tried to find what else was on NXT, but it's like, I can't find it right now, but... Apparently, also, uh, Hank Walker has been on uh, Level Up as well. Has he? Yeah. Well, that's interesting, so I can't wait to see that. So, I want to know what he... You even said it. I just want to see him, what he's going to be like, have him whip Javier Bernal's ass, because dude's a cocky fucking prick, mm -hmm. and not a good kind of cocky prick like Grayson Waller, like a likable freaking cocky prick. Yeah. He is like, you want to punch him in the mouth... And fucking just leave him in an alleyway. Because he has no reason to be as cocky as he is. He hasn't Isn't... won a single fucking match on NXT, and he's just the cockiest prick of, basically, of all. He hasn't done a fucking thing at all. Like, even during that match, that one match he had, he did fucking nothing. Like, literally nothing. Yeah. Apparently, or not apparently, uh, Hank Walker was in the... The, the signing class with uh, 
Fallon Henley and uh, Roxanne Perez. And, Which again, uh, I like her. I like Sloan Fallon Jacobs Henley. and Kiana James. Oh, well, that's good. Well, again, I like Fallon Henley. Yeah. She's there's some. She's really likable. Like even with her with Briggs and Jensen, like I like Briggs and Jensen. I do. Like yeah, a lot of people don't like Brooks because. He's that normal kind of guy that just, like, kind of makes himself look like a dumbass. But there's something about the two of them that's really enjoyable. And even Fallon Henley, she's really enjoyable. So, main event. We had Gallus versus Tyler Bate and Braun Breaker. It was an awesome main event. It really was. Yeah. Bate and Breaker get the win. And then J.D. McDonough shows up. And jumps Tyler Bate. He literally threw Braun Breaker out. And I was just like, well, you immediately go, oh god, not again. We're going to get Breaker and JD McDonough again. But then he threw Breaker out and went right for Bate. And it was like, nope, we're going to get Bate and McDonough. Which should be fucking awesome. That, I kind of want to say. I have a feeling it's going to be a fatal four. Really? I think it's going to be Breaker, Bait, J.D. McDonough, and uh, Joe Coffey. Hmm. Kind of interesting. I kind of would be down for it. Something about it sounds kind of interesting. Like, it'd be good to finally see fucking Joe Coffey wrestle. About fucking time. Because he just seems like he is, like, just there most of the time. The rest of Gallus does more than he does. Mm-hmm. But again, he was part of the tag match. But it was... Hopefully he's involved in it. Because a Fatal 4-Way would be pretty dope. Honestly. So yeah, here's the lineup for NXT for next week. With Pretty Deadly in the Creeds. In a fan-picked stipulation for the tag titles. Carmelo Hayes versus a fan-picked opponent. Tony D'Angelo and Stax versus Cameron Grimes and a mystery partner. Which... No idea who Cameron Grimes is going to pick. Probably be Joe Gacy. Zoe Stark and Nikita Lyons versus Kiana James and Ariana Grace. Hank Walker and Javier Bernal. Fallon Henley and Lash Legend. The debut of Quincy Elliott. And then the NXT 2.0 Superstar of the Year will be announced. Which is basically guaranteed to be... Braun Breaker. Braun Breaker. Yeah. yeah, so... Show is looking pretty stacked for the one year anniversary of NXT 2.0. Should be awesome. So this episode was was good, yeah, definitely good. There was, was a lot good. of, again, like the the Damon Kemp stuff and the stuff that's going on with Cameron Grimes is just it's there, you and know. Pretty deadly. Yeah, more pretty deadly. I don't fucking care, but it's like there's a lot of other good on here, mm-hmm. like JD and Wes and. We had, you know, the, the women's tag match. Yeah, Roxanne and Mago was fucking fantastic. So, we had a lot of good on there. So, in the end, overall, really good show. Mm-hmm. So, again, this the weeks have just been fucking great when it comes to wrestling anymore. Like, it's yeah. not, like, we don't have to fucking shit on Raw anymore, it feels like. Like, there's still going to be some things that are picky with Raw, but it's like, overall, the show always ends up great. If anything, the the majority of the criticism for us comes between the two middle week shows mm-hmm. with NXT and coming up AEW. Yeah, AEW here. So 
We start off the show. AEW Dynamite. Fresh off of All Out. Now, if you've kept track of everything that's going on here, and there's a lot of shit to fucking keep up with here, because holy shit, I'm losing track of everything here with what the hell's going on. The show kicks off with Tony Khan, who announces that he has... He didn't actually say it, but he says that pretty much the AEW World Title and the Trios Championships are being are now vacant. He didn't actually say they were vacant, but he pretty much says after every like all consideration right now of what the hell's been going on, he says pretty much that Trios titles will be on the line in a because they announced a Death Triangle versus Best Friends match for this week. It has now been changed to for the Trios Championships. And a tournament will now happen for the AEW World Title. So in a nutshell, Punk, Kenny, and the Bucks have been stripped of their titles. The tournament is going to commence as we have Brian Danielson versus Hangman Page. And Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen. The winner of Brian Danielson and Hangman Page will move on to face Chris Jericho, who got a bye. Because, of course, Chris Jericho. And the winner of Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen will go on to face John Moxley, who got a bye. The winner of those two matches will go to the finals and face each other for the world title. Okay. Now, all this situation with CM Punk and and the Bucks and even Hangman and Kenny and all this other fucking shit. Now, again, more stuff has come out about it. We were talking about this earlier. Because, again, there has been multiple conflicting stories here. Uh, there is CM Punk side of the story. Who is CM Punk and A Steel side. Who's where, clearly gonna fucking take CM Punk side. Yeah. His side said that once he got to his locker room, he locked himself behind in his locker room. The Bucks and Kenny come up. They demand to enter the room enter his locker room. He does not open the door, and they kick the door down, and then that's when a majority of the stuff goes on. And that's when Punk immediately takes a swing. Yeah. Then there's the Bucks and Kenny's side, where they walk up, they knock on the door, Punk does not answer the door. The door is not unlocked. Or they, is, you mean not locked? Yeah, the, 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 the door is not locked. They open the door, and Punk is on the other side, throws a punch, and resorts to whatever the hell we've also heard about the a story. A-Steel comes in, throws a chair at Nick. Which, again, here's the thing. Kenny Omega comes in, grabs Frankie, CM Punk's dog, to protect him, brings him out. That's when A-Steel goes after him and then bites him in the ankle or whatever. Wherever yeah, whatever the fuck he bit him. So, you told me this, because I remember the whole 
so far, the only one I've heard about is the story about the whole, the Bucks and Kenny supposedly broke down the door and Punk immediately went on the defensive. And then you told me the story about having them get to the locker room, it was unlocked, they went to go talk to him, and immediately he went on the defensive. Yeah, that was that's the Bucks side of the story. So if you look at it here, it doesn't even matter at this point up to how the fuck it got to the fight. Either way, it results in Punk swinging. Either way, CM Punk is throwing punches immediately. Either way, it leads to Punk. Boss. Yes, it immediately goes. Punk squares up. No matter what story you're telling, it results in Punk swinging first. Whether it's them forcibly breaking the door down or nonchalantly just walking in to talk to him and fucking ask him what the fuck's going on and he gets on the defensive. Either way, it is Punk swinging first. No matter what. And then results in the chair getting thrown and Nick Jackson getting hit in the eye and Ace Steel fucking biting like a little bitch. It just clearly tells you right here the fucking problem. CM Punk. CM Punk is the problem. Do I think Kenny and the Bucks should be suspended? Yes, because they were involved in it. Their suspension is fucking rightful right there. CM Punk, on the other hand, and I give Chris Dredd, shouts to Chris from Chat Grapple and Cheap Pops. He literally talked about this on their newest episode. Kenny and the Bucks... As much as, like, you know, we bullshit a lot about them being EVPs, they're EVPs. They are technically CM Punk's bosses. Yep. That immediately is putting your hands on an AEW official. You can't be... It doesn't as matter. far as I'm concerned, it's not. It's. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Wouldn't this be like every other job? If you walked into your job and put your hands on your boss, isn't that immediate termination? Yeah, it, do, it doesn't matter what job you are. You could be a professional wrestler, a stripper, a fucking Target employee, a bus monitor, a fucking uh, fucking executive. At, work at Amazon for you crazy. Could work at Amazon. You could be a fucking. Uh, a fucking carpenter, you could be a, a circus clown, it doesn't matter what it is. If you go up, walk up to one of your bosses, fucking punch him in the face, you're fired. Exactly. <laughs> CM Punk should be terminated. And this is bullshit, because yes, it's been reported, it's been revealed now that the man is injured. Okay? He is injured and he's gonna be out for eight months. For Here's the, my For thing. those who don't for those who want to know, he tore his pectoral muscle mid-match during his match at All Out against Punk, or against Moxley. He injured it on the tope. The man is made out of fucking tissue paper. Here's the thing right now. The thing that's going to legitimately possibly piss me off with this whole situation is if Tony Khan does nothing... And him just being out with injury is his suspension. Yeah. This needs to fucking come to a conclusion now. Because I we talked about this last episode. If this shit doesn't get fixed, Kenny and the Bucks could fucking leave. 
especially with the reports coming out today. And again, we reports say are bullshit. Literally every single episode, but reports are bullshit. But but that whole thing about the, out, the fight and everything, I believe it. I believe it. Oh yeah. That I fucking believe. Like, again, that came from all dirt sheets and everything else, but I believe every fucking second of that bullshit. But the the reports coming out today, if Tony Khan is to see them, he should be very worried. Because, again, dirt sheets are bullshit, but the reports that came out today that the Bucks sent out feelers. I don't know what a feeler is. But they sent out feelers showing interest in signing with WWE after their AEW contract expires. And we talked about this last episode. If they force... If 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 Tony does not fix this situation and fire CM Punk, and he keeps this fucking whole toxic fucking situation going on here, and it forces Kenny and the Bucks to leave... There's only one option for Kenny and the Bucks to go to. Unless unless there's somehow unless there are somehow fucking gonna end up on good terms with New Japan. There's only one other option for them. And that's WWE. Yeah. Everyone that's like, well, even if they do leave AEW, what makes you think they'll go to WWE? Uh, do you remember before AEW was even a thing? And we didn't even know that AEW was in development. And you had Kenny and the Bucks and Hangman. They all left New Japan all at the same time. Triple H, off of AJ Styles' word, offered Kenny and the Bucks $500,000. Which is a lot of money for an NXT superstar at the time to come into NXT. What makes you think, now that he's in charge of the main roster, that he wouldn't do whatever it takes to bring the three, potentially four of them in? Even the hang even Hangman, because we don't know if what the hell's going that's on with I that said, situation. That's why I said Yeah, we don't know what's four. going on with that situation. That whole fucking thing has me just... Like, yes... The whole thing is debatable also of them going to WWE because apparently the whole thing was they had a falling out with Cody. That's why Cody left. Right. But it makes you wonder, is Cody willing to say fuck it and put all that aside at this point? Is Cody literally like ready to bury the hatchet with that? And literally be the possible reason that Kenny, the Bucks, and Hangman Page just say, fuck this, we're over the CM Punk bullshit, maybe we should just go be with Cody at this point. Because they really only have two options. They either go back to Japan and hope to God that they're still on good terms with them, or WWE. Like, they have two options, but it leans a lot towards WWE more than it does New Japan. Because, again, I don't know what's going on with the whole Japan situation with them. I don't know if they're still on good terms. I don't know if fucking Japan was like, we'll forgive them. I don't know what the fuck's going on with that whole situation. 
But does Cody being over there sway their opinion? Does Cody fucking bury the hatchet and go, you know what? You're not EVPs anymore. Now I get to work with the guys that I was used to working with here. I just brought over three or four, yeah, four people like that. Potentially four. Yeah. It's a big fuck you to AEW. And again, I... Again, I don't know. I don't know what. Oh, that's oh. speculation and fantasy booking. I don't fuck it, like at this point. But still, this situation right here with Punk really puts it on edge here. I don't. I don't know what a feeler is. Like the the whole thing, the way it was described. I don't understand a word. I don't either. I, I don't get what throwing out a feeler is. Yeah, I don't know what a feeler is in pro wrestling terms. But like, if somebody would like to let us know go ahead it's just DM it's us fucking mention us in a fucking tweet it's something nuts it's just nuts like, the fact that we're at this point yes that Cody Rhodes one of the EVPs have already left yes and potentially the other three yeah could potentially just it's, think it's a small chance still but it's by all terms, can be a possibility. Yes. Freaking, like I said, Cody was pissed at them while they were EVPs. But if they come over, if he can be the fucking reason to sway them to go, hey, you're not EVPs anymore. You're literally pro wrestlers at this point in a company where I'm accustomed to working with you guys. I've, I've been working with you guys for a long time here. Yeah. Like, it's just, it, it's, it, I know it's a fucking shot in the dark here, but it's like, I think this situation with Punk could really be damaging to AEW. And to time. me, this, this is honestly one of the easiest decisions Tony Khan could possibly have. Yes. But Tony Khan doesn't have the fucking balls to do no, it. No, because CM Punk is his favorite fucking wrestler. He is a CM Punk fucking Mark. He's like, I, I spent $5 million. Why would I fire him after, like, fucking a year and, and a half of him being here? Because literally, he's, he's, he's pushing your talent out the fucking door. He's literally caused your locker room fucking morale to do a complete 180. Yes. Literally, every single one of the dirt sheets were reporting that AEW locker rooms are fucking amazing and wonderful and everyone loves each other. Yeah, it feels and like a fucking family. Smiles like, and fucking rainbows. Yeah. And fucking, uh, fucking Dr. Luther was coming in with his fucking pancakes and fucking waffles and shit. <laughs> and now it's, everyone hates each other. CM Punk is fucking, a fucking beef with Kenny, the Bucks, Hangman, MJF, all these fucking people, fucking... It's a complete fucking shit show. CM Punk needs to go. I don't fucking care anymore. Guy needs to go. And again, that may be my personal fucking feeling, and everybody else may still fucking love CM Punk. But I don't give a fuck about the guy. I don't care anymore. Get him the fuck out. If, he, if Tony does not fix this situation, I'm telling you, if he does not find some way to fix this situation, AEW is doomed. There's, if, if, if there are all these supposed reports, and again, I don't fucking believe a single, most of the fucking reports that come out until I fucking physically see them. But again, 
this whole fucking thing about the fight and the hatred fucking radiates that it's true. And if that's the fucking thing, CM Punk needs to go. Because if anybody, it literally, it's pretty much multiple people against one. Yeah. And Tony's just like, well, I feel bad that CM Punk's by himself. It was, I gotta it was literally three people that are um, 90% of the reason AEW exists versus $5 million of CM Punk. Yes. And Tony Khan goes, well, I'm going to need an investigation. Don't forget that. I'm going to need an investigation to get through this. I, I don't know what to do. As soon as you heard CM Punk bash you on live in front of fucking media fucking people all over the place. God. You should have fired him. Why would you just sit there and let him fucking say that shit about you? Like I said, his whole fucking thing about, I'm trying to run a business here. You're not the fucking owner of the goddamn company, punk. Tony's literally just sitting back, letting CM Punk walk all over him. It's fucking horseshit. Like, I don't fucking defend people a lot like this. But this is where I fucking stand up and say, Tony Khan needs to fucking do something, or else this fucking company's not gonna last. Like, it is, it is good to have AEW around. The fucking fans are a fucking toxic part of it, because they will fucking... There, there's those fucking diehards that will fucking love everything, and then there's those people that do like we do. And fucking will literally pick apart what's shit and fucking praise what's good. Clearly, CM Punk is the problem here. And Tony needs to fix this before it fucking buries this company right down in the dirt with WCW. Like, the, it was even reported that AEW, other AEW talent don't know how CM Punk is still employed. That's, that's a fucking problem. It literally just screams problem. Like, Tony, put the coke aside and fucking open your eyes, dude. Like, Jesus Christ. I, like, listen, I want AEW to, to, to still fucking exist here. I love having more wrestling to watch. So let's fucking keep this shit going and get the goddamn shit back on track and get rid of the fucking huge problem that you have. If Punk goes, Ace Steel goes with him, because fuck him. What motherfucking pussy runs out and bites somebody? Like, who the fuck even knows? Like, besides the fucking diehards in AEW, who the fuck knows who the fuck Ace Steel is? <laughs> Except for Excalibur, because he had to explain it so you didn't feel fucking stupid. Fuck that. Just, I just don't understand. Like, literally, when you told me the fucking story, the two fucking conflicting stories, no matter what, they arch together that leads to CM Punk is the fucking reason why the fight happened. Get. Rid. Of. Punk. It's not that fucking hard. Before that fucking company dies a fiery fucking death. Because it's nuts. Absolutely fucking nuts. Yeah. Again, do I think the, that Kenny and the Bucks being suspended was the right thing? Yes. They should have. 
because they were involved in it. So having them stripped of the titles and having them being suspended is the right thing. But Punk clearly started the fight and he clearly put his hands as of right now, fucking managerials. People in managerial position in the EVPs. He put his hands on them. That should be automatic termination. But after that, though, Kenny and the Bucks should fucking lose their EVP position, though. Nobody should be... no Again, no pro wrestler who is an active pro wrestler should be a fucking manager position. That is bullshit. Yeah. It should result in them losing that position... But they should be, but in the end, when their suspension's over, they should be back. But as talent, not managers. But Punk needs to go. And I mean go. Because if not, this company is going to fucking fail. Because Punk is going to be the reason why a lot of them leave. Because if they kick, just think, if he pushes so much talent out... And a lot of talent wants to come in. Who's going to want to come in then? If they know it's a toxic fucking backstage fucking atmosphere. With CM Punk around. Yeah. So somebody needs to fucking step up and do the right thing here. Or if not, keep it going. Because watch who leaves. Watch who fucking leaves. It'll be nuts. Yeah, there's part of me that is like... I, Like the, the majority of me that's like... I almost wonder if Tony wants to test the waters. I almost wonder if he's going to test the waters to see if people really will leave, and then he'll do something about it. A majority of me is just like, Tony needs to figure this out. But there's like the the part of me that's just like, I kind of want him to do nothing. I do too. I, I want to, not because I want to see AEW fucking fail. I don't either. I want to see how AEW would bounce back from such a fucking yeah. loss. Let Punk be the reason that he push a lot of fucking people out, and let's see what happens to this fucking place. I want to see what's going to happen, too. Part of me wants to, but part of me just wants it to fucking go away, and the fucking main problem, and that's CM Punk. Yeah. Anyway, MJF kicks off the show. This is another bullshit thing right here, that MJF's fucking return at All Out gets fucking overshadowed by Com- fucking... Completely fucking submerged by all the CM Punk yes. fucking media scrum shit. Bullshit. But again, the, again, the punk bullshit of him, like, pretty much calling MJF a punk, but then going out and praising him. Like, you are the biggest fucking two-faced piece of shit, punk. Yeah, Fuck off. because MJF was one of the people that uh, CM Punk was like, oh, fucking, this guy keeps putting me in matches with people that I fucking hate. Yeah, but then went on to praise him, though. Which would make a fucking ounce of sense. You just literally said you hated the guy, but then praised him. What the fucking sense does that make? But MJF comes out. He cuts a babyface promo, almost. He was, like, cutting... He was still doing heel stuff, but it was, like... He was also kind of being a babyface. Like, I thought it was fucking funny with the whole woman in the crowd where he was just like, he's like, except for you, honey. He was like, he's like, I'm going to go with all these women. He's like, except for you, honey, you are nasty. He goes, anyway, I'm just lying. He's like, I'm just kidding you. He's like, you're beautiful. And I'm just like, oh my God, I love 
MJ. I love MJF. The guy is fucking fantastic. Yep. The, the first part until Mox came out was really face-like. It was very... But it was so enjoyable, because it's just like, MJF is fucking enjoyable. You hate him, and you enjoy the shit out of him. You fucking love him, and you enjoy the shit out of him. Like, mm -hmm. MJF, like, just having... Just watching him kind of be babyface for a little bit was so bizarre. Like, just sections of babyface. It was just like... I'm so accustomed to him shitting all over everybody. And I'm just listening to him just soak in cheers and all this other stuff. And I'm like, this is fucking weird. What timeline are we in? I don't know how many times I've said that this year of, what the fuck timeline are we in? Because I'm going to keep saying it. I'm going to keep saying it every time now. Moxley comes out and pretty much calls MJF out as bullshit. And then he immediately flip-flops right back to a heel. <laughs> I was like, this man's fucking wonderful. Like, I love it. And then he cuts a, a very, very typical MJF promo. Yeah. But then he left. And then Mox cut a promo. Well, let's bring up some of the things MJF said. He said that uh, he would win the AEW title and use it in the bidding war of 2024. And then he said he would show up to a... Uh, a, a real company, a real wrestling company in front of real wrestling fans run by the greatest wrestler in the world or greatest wrestler of all time the game, the game. and he also said run also he said, by the greatest con in the world jolly old saint nick yeah, and he, i laughed he, so he also he also said that he would, he would go there and join his best friend in the world the american night the American Roller Coaster. Roller Coaster, which was fucking hysterical. Like Cody Rhodes. It was just, it was so good. Like, I don't know, again, I don't know why this would be a work, because it doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, why is just AEW just locked into, everything's got to be a work now at this fucking point. Like, I am to the point where I am fed up with hearing, it's just a work, it's just a work, Same. it's just a work. I am so those people, tired of hearing it. Those people that watch AEW and something happens and they immediately go, oh, it's just a work. Yeah, You're like, getting worked. No. How about you just not immediately think that everything's a work? Exactly. It's like the people with this whole punk situation. Oh, it's just a work. Oh, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure Tony Khan would belittle and fucking lower the fucking standards of his fucking locker room morale just for a little bit of a storyline. Yep. Moxley's promo, though, after MJF left, was fucking fantastic. Incredible. Yes, just having him cut that promo of, this is what AEW means to me, this is what it should be meaning still, you know, this is what the world title means, and all this other stuff, like, it was just so fucking awesome to hear him talk like that, and it's like, I, listen, I haven't been the craziest fan of some of the shit John Moxley's done, but, like, overall, I enjoy the guy so much. I really do. And it's just, like, listening to him talk and just cut this promo, it felt legit. Yeah. It felt like AEW is, like, it, like this is what AEW means to him. This is what it means to the fans. This is what the title means. This is what that means. And I'm like, my God. 
God. Yeah, especially with all the things coming out of saying that uh, Mox, Brian, and Jericho have assumed the role of, like, locker room leader mm-hmm. since all this fucking stuff has gone on. Even, like, he started talking about, like, hey, I dropped the ball. I'm the one who took the pin. Like, he talked about losing at All Out. Like, he was just like, I lost. I dropped the ball. I ate the pin. I did this. And he's like, but I'm not just going to sit back and feel like and feel like shit. He goes, I'm just going to go out there and I'm going to bounce back up and I'm going to freaking, you know, make myself feel like a legend out there. And I'm like, God damn. Like, <laughs> so fucking good. So we get our first match of the night, which is the now for the trios title match. Death Triangle versus Best Friends. I, I can't say anything else about this match except it's fucking awesome. Yeah, this match was really good. Literally, watching this match, I go, at this point, I don't think there is a wrong winner here. There's just no wrong winner here. Because either way, fans win. Mm-hmm. You're getting a dope-ass match, and no matter who wins, it's the right decision. Like, if you put it on Death Triangle, it's the right decision. But if you put it on Best Friends, it's still the right fucking decision. Also, I don't get why, like you said, I don't get why comment like the ring announcer, like Justin Roberts, always says Best Friends and Orange Cassidy. Like, best Orange Cassidy is a best friend. Yes, he's part of Best Friends. Why do we have to fucking say Best Friends and Orange Cassidy? It doesn't make fucking sense. But in the end, after a fucking fantastic match, Death Triangle win the trios titles. Awesome. Pac has two titles now. He's the first ever double champion in AEW. Fucking fantastic. Just at the one point, Pac didn't have a title, and now he has two. That's fucking nuts. Mm -hmm. That's nuts. Like, fantastic. Like I said, either way, no matter what, I think either way, you had the right winner. Who, no matter which one you put it on. We got the the video of Jamie Hayter walking out on Britt Baker, which I thought was, I was just like, it begins. And I fucking just was like, yes. Because I saw this video on Twitter, and I was just like, it begins. This is fucking great. I'm like, yes, make it happen. Because, like, I am over. Jamie Hayter is fucking great. She should not just be locked down fucking defending Britt Baker all the time. Mm-hmm. She did that during the Fatal 4-Way for the interim title. As much as I can't stand the interim title, I wanted her to win because I want her to fucking get the fuck away from Britt. I'm over this shit. Britt Baker is dog shit. Jamie Hayter is great. And she's trapped with fucking the doctor all the time. Nonsense. Dentist? I don't care. They call her a doctor, so I don't know what the fuck. Just because she's a DMD, they're like, she's a doctor. (sighs) Fucking, thank God, it's begun. I can't wait till Jamie lays her out. Next match, Tony Storm versus Penelope Ford in what they were calling a AEW Women's World Title Eliminator match, a.k.a. Championship Contenders match. Tony wins, and it's like, they kept saying it was for the title, but they didn't even say that during the ring announcing that it was for the title, so I don't know why people were saying it was for the title. I didn't hear them say it was for the title. 
I just heard it was an Eliminator match, and that was it. Yeah, which I could have assumed was their fucking version of a fucking championship challenge or match is. or whatever. It's pretty much what it is. It's a championship contenders match, except it's just called something different because well, we can't copy WWE. Tony wins. I thought it was a good match, honestly. I thought it was good. I like, listen, I like Penelope. I know you, you're not a fan of her. I like her. I think she's, she has her moments where she's like really, where she's not on point. But I have seen matches of hers where she's on point. And I don't know if she's just like a victim of the terrible AEW presentation and that's the problem. But it's just like, I've seen Penelope. I think she's good when she can be. Love Tony Storm. Happy that she's got the title. Clearly, when Thunder comes back and we have the unification match, I clearly think Tony's going to win it all. Yeah. Because I don't know what's going on with Thunder. You know, there was that whole, again, believe what you want if you want to, but there was that whole report of Thunder asking for her release. Which then her husband had to come out and say that this ain't even true. Yeah, so it's just like... She's clearly going to lose the fucking title. She's clearly going to lose to Tony. They're going to put it on Tony, and it's just going to be... And we're going to go from there. Like, it just sucks. Because Thunder ended the fucking terrible reign of Brit, and it's just like they did nothing with Thunder. Literally nothing. Yeah. They literally fucking wasted all the good stuff with Brit. And then by the time they were like, oh, new champion, well, we're just not going to put any fucking effort into it, because it's... Just fucking bullshit. Like, I know a lot of people don't, are, like, turning on Thunder because supposedly she's, like, you know, she she works stiff and all this other bullshit that we hear for about it. And it's just like, I don't... Listen, I like Thunder Rosa, but it's like, if that's all true, I can understand where people are coming from about it. But it's like, I, I don't know. It's weird. It just, it just sucks that nothing has come out of her title run. Yeah, that, that's really what it comes down to, really, is that fucking... It feels like Tony, when he won the... Or when he gave Thunder the title, it's like he he gave him the He gave Thunder the title and then just didn't even try. That's what I'm saying. They didn't put a fucking ounce of anything. They didn't even fucking try to make that title run good. It's like they wasted it all on fucking shoving it down Britt Baker's fucking ass. That they were just like, by the time they switched the title, they were like, well, we don't know what we're gonna do here. Just like, let's not even bother. Just fucking stupid. Should've at least done something with her. Instead of making her one of the most irrelevant women's champions you've had. Which still don't make any fucking sense to me, because after all the people that wanted her in the fucking company... You finally get her, and she takes the title off of Brit, and you guys just fucking give up on her. It's just fucking BS. Yeah. The Acclaimed come out. This is at the point where we found out that we are getting a rematch. The Acclaimed versus Swerve in Our Glory next week on Dynamite, thank God. Mm-hmm. Well, not, ne- not even next week. It's not even next week, I don't believe. But it's either next week or in two weeks. Yeah, whichever one it was, it says two weeks. So, 
So in two weeks, we're getting a rematch for the tag team titles. As they made out their way out to the ring, Caster got ready to rap, and Swerve's music played and cut him off. And I was like, you son of a bitch. I wanted to know what he was going to say. That was literally Tony sending him out because he knew Max was going to go somewhere with it. So he went, no, 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 no. Get the fuck out there quick, quick, quick. And then Swerve ran out there and it was just like, shit. Wanted to know what Caster was going to say. But in the end, it was just like, they just had a face-off. And, again, I can't wait to watch the rematch. Because I literally put the tag team title match, probably his match of the night on All Out. Yeah. It's toss-up between that and the trios titles. I'd probably freaking give the edge to the acclaimed and swerve in our glory because I was, like, fucking emotionally invested in that match compared to the trios titles. So... We then got Tony Schiavone backstage interviewing Chris Jericho and Anna Jay and Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti, who they keep fucking changing her name over and over again. Like, commentary calls her Ty Mello. Fucking, they keep calling her Ty Conti. Like, make up your fucking minds, people. Yeah, it's really like they forgot that they changed her name to Ty Mello. The first thing... In this promo, because I didn't give a fuck. It's Jericho. I don't give a shit what he says. I just try to ignore what he said. Like, completely try to drown out every second that he was talking. But then as I was just, like, kind of tuning back in, like, hoping this was over. And I tuned back in quick to listen to what the fuck he was saying. And I hear him go, when I face Brian Danielson next week. And I'm just like, did Jericho just give away the fucking winner? Because literally they said the Hangman and Brian match was happening later in the night at the beginning of the show. And then Jericho goes out and says, when I face Brian Danielson next week, I'm going to beat him again. And I'm just like, did this motherfucker just give out the finish of the match before it even happened? Which, spoiler alert, Brian does win the match. And I'm like, Jericho, you fucking moron. You gave away the fucking finish. What a dumbass. <laughs> the other thing I couldn't get over was fucking Anna Jay just like, first off, she is fucking pointless in fucking Jericho, in, in Jericho's jerk-off society. But she literally just stood there and like when Sammy goes, now Chris, like hold on a second, he goes, just realize we are some sexy bitches right now. He goes, look at us. He goes, look at those abs and everything like, and fucking Anna Jay standing right next to him, just, like, demonstrating, like, look right here. And she's, like, standing there looking like Vanna White, just demonstrating it. You know, looking like a fucking Price is Right fucking model just showing off the goddamn ads, like, like the abs. And it's about to be like, what's your bid here? Like, I'm like, what the fuck? She's up there fucking pointing at their abs like, would you like to buy a vowel? No, I don't want to buy a Val. It fucking, I want to solve the fucking puzzle. Get Jericho the fuck off my TV. That's the fucking puzzle. God that damn. multiple vowels in it. I don't give a shit. I just solved the puzzle without buying a fucking vowel. God, I just want Jericho the fuck out of here. 
I don't want him on AEW. I don't want him on WWE. I don't even want him on my fucking TV. I don't want to flip over and watch New Japan and watch him anymore. I don't care about Jericho anymore. Go away. Go fucking play your music with Fozzie. Disappear for like a year and a half. Maybe three. I don't care what you do. Just get the fuck off my TV. <laughs> TNT title match. Wardlow vs. Tony Nese. And by the time I just finished that sentence, the match was over. Wardlow retains. Literally, Wardlow picks up the microphone and starts to cut a promo and talks about how, you know, people have been saying, what's going on with Wardlow? The momentum's kind of died down. All this other stuff like that. And people were like, well, maybe he's going to turn heel. And I'm just like, no. Wardlow literally just says, the momentum's died down. He's like, well, that's not the freeze. Like, that's not the truth. And I'm just like, uh, that's actually kind of the truth there, Wardlow. That's almost exactly what the truth is. Like, it was just, there's been nothing going on with Wardlow. Nothing. Like, he literally won the title, and it was just like, they cooled him down to the fucking max. Yep. And not even cooled him down, like, they stuck him in the freezer. He's frozen. He was like, he was like living in Australia for his entire life, and then they grabbed him and chucked him, and he landed in Antarctica. Like, he is fucking ice cold right now. All the momentum he had going for him is fucking ice cold. It is fucking sad. Like, when they announced this match, the first thing I said was, wow, this feels like fucking we don't know what to do with Wardlow without officially coming out and saying we don't know what to do with Wardlow and goddamn it, I was right. We'll watch a fucking Tony Nese and Wardlow match that just goes, wow, and that was a waste of 30 seconds of my goddamn viewing. If, 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 it, even, if it even went that long. I, it probably did. It was literally a lariat. It was literally a headbutt. A clothesline and a powerbomb symphony, and it was over. Even Mark Sterling took a beating, and that was about it. Like, he was about to take a fucking beating, and then Josh Woods made the save for him. And it was just like, okay, if we're gonna get Josh Woods and fucking Wardlow, like, probably it'll be interesting, but it's like, what are the odds it's gonna be a fucking long match? Is it even gonna happen? Probably. Will it go any longer than this? Probably not. It'll probably go the same fucking length. Josh Woods is great. But he's just fucking irrelevant. He just exists to be on the roster, and that's it. Really sucks. Yeah. Majorly. The world title wildcard match. The winner of this would go on to face Chris Jericho. Hangman Page versus Brian Danielson. It's an awesome match. It's yeah. right up there with their other two. But honestly, I don't know if I'd put this one above their other two. I No. Their time limit so. draw, I don't think I'd put this above it. Their rematch, the 45 minutes, like, don't think I'd put it above it. But this is still awesome. It's a, like These two just know only two things, and that's have an awesome match with each other. That's literally it. So, and Brian Danielson gets the win. Like we've said before. Yeah, Jericho give, gave away the fucking finish. Yeah. Like a dumbass. Way to go, Jericho, you fucking Nimrod. 
It's just hilarious to even think that he just straight up said it. He just was just. Like, I was like dumbfounded. He's like, when how... I go, when I go out and fight or Brian Danielson next week, I was like, this d- motherfucker doesn't even put into consideration that it could be fucking Hangman. He was so fucking stupid. I'm like, oh my god, I hate Jericho so much. <laughs> we got the. I'm not even going to talk about this fucking thing here before the main event. Fucking Stokely Hathaway and his group showed up. They beat up a fucking stagehand. Who gives a shit? Wheeler Yuta and Daniel Garcia. For the Ring of Honor, pure championship is the main event. We were in Daniel Garcia's hometown of Buffalo. Wheeler Yuta, again, the last match was fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, their Ring of Honor match for the title was awesome. At a death before the honor. Yeah, fucking fantastic match. This was literally same exact style, same exact rules. They had the pure championship rules, which I loved. I love the pure championship rules. I love that whole, you know, you have a certain amount of rope breaks, and then by the time you use them, like, rope breaks just don't exist anymore. Yeah. And the whole, you know, closed fists are forbidden. Like, you use one, it's a freaking warning. You use another one, the ref throws the match out. Like, it just, it's really interesting. Love the rules. Love the match type. This match is awesome still. It's yeah. just as awesome. I would probably say their ROH match was better than this. But, like, this is fucking up there. It's awesome. It's awesome. Like, Daniel Garcia... Absolutely locked in on the kid now. Complete 180 of how we feel about Again, him. absolutely locked in on the kid now. Wheeler Yuta, you know, he gets lost in the shuffle in Blackpool Combat Club. But it's like, when you see him, he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. He's really good, too. Like, Daniel Garcia wins the title. Honestly, no surprise, but, like, it was awesome. It's good to see him with the title. My one thing that confused me was, like, we had Wheeler... Like, they didn't shake hands to start the match. But after Garcia wins, Brian makes his way out there to go pretty much, like, congratulate him. And then, like, Wheeler shoved Brian. But then shook Garcia's hand. But then sat back in the corner while Brian put the title on him. And I was just like, why did you have to shove Brian to do that? Like, <laughs> I was like, well, that's fucking weird. But, like, Jericho comes out, and he's just, like, screaming at him, and it's just, like, yelling at Daniel Garcia. And I'm just like, oh, my God, Jericho, you look like a dumbass, like, doing this. He's literally, like, yelling at him, like, how could you do this? It's like, yeah, how could you celebrate with your fucking idol at the time? Like, how dare you? Bad Daniel Garcia. How dare you celebrate with your idol, like... How how dare you? <laughs> Down, boy. Stop. In the end, I hope to God, Brian beats Jericho. Because I honestly see it going... Brian beats Jericho. Sammy and Darby Allen happened on, as of this recording, last night. And... Sammy won. Moxley's going to beat Sammy, honestly. We're going to get Brian and Moxley in the finals. Brian wins. 
I think Brian wins the entire tournament, and MJF uses that poker chip. The same night. Cashes in on Brian, wins the world title, we get a Brian and MJF feud, and it's going to be fucking nuts. Because I can't wait to see where MJF goes with it. You know, it's just going to be so interesting, you know. He's got, you can bring up Bree, bring up Birdie, bring up John Laurinaitis, bring up whatever the fuck he's got to do. It's going to be interesting. And plus a Brian-MJF match could be fucking awesome. So, lock me in on that if it happens. Yeah. Part of me doesn't believe it, though, also, because why would you give Brian the title just to have him lose again? Like, I feel like you got to go with Mox, though, which is just weird. Like, you Especially could... after the interaction at the beginning of the show, I, yeah. I'm sure it'll lead to Mox I think, and MJ. I think Mox is going to win the title, honestly. I think Mox wins... And MJ, I think now, like, I, I want it to be Brian. Like, I would love it to be Brian, and we get an MJF-Brian feud, but I don't like right off the bat giving Brian a loss to MJF after just holding the title for, like, 30 seconds. I think you give it, uh, there's another option where you give it to Mox, which, again, I could see happening. You give it to Mox, have him cash in, on Mox, we get an MJF Moxley rematch, and then later on down the road, get Brian and MJF. Like, I was all locked in on a Brian MJF feud from the start, but I didn't think about, you know, having him lose immediately like that. So, like, I, more, I mostly lean towards Moxley winning now. Like after think after more consideration, I mostly lean towards Moxley winning the title, which again now makes CM Punk winning the title at all out completely fucking pointless, mm -hmm. which really irks the shit out of me. Like, like this whole fucking hot potato of the title thing needs to fuck off with that shit. But it's like now's the time for MJF to win the fucking title. So more than likely, you put it on Mox. Again, even though it results in fucking nothing, meaning everything, meaning, like, leading up to this fucking pointless. But, you know, it's MJF with the title, finally. So, either way, it's, it's gonna be interesting. I think no matter what, though, this tournament ends with MJF with the title. It has to. There's, there's no way they pass it, up on it. It can't be another situation where they don't give MJF the title. It'd just be so it, disappointing. They should have gave MJF the first the title the first time around when they had him challenge Moxley. Exactly. Like, I don't get... Like, that was the one time... Like, that I was literally <clears throat> going to say that, like, before, that it was a... The situation when he challenged Moxley the first time, he should have won the title. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, that was a missed opportunity. And it's just like, fuck, why didn't you just do it? You should have capitalized on MJF using the whole I'm undefeated thing. I haven't been pinned. I haven't lost. Like, and that was your opportunity to give him the world title. And it's just like, 
Now you got it. Now it's right there again. It's you're literally on the doorstep of giving MJF the title. It's just do they open the door and do it, or do they fucking pull the rug out from under it again? Yeah. Which I hope they don't. Give MJF the title. I don't think they can afford to. Not at this fucking state. No way. So we move on to SmackDown. Post Clash of the Castle, again, just like Monday Night Raw. Show kicks off with the Brawling Brutes versus the now re-put-together Imperium. Which I was terrified that at Clash of the Castle, it was just a one-off. But literally, SmackDown kicks off with a six-man, a six-man tag that pretty much confirms Imperium's back together, and I'm fucking absolutely ecstatic. Now, Samantha Irvin got confused, because literally she says, accompanied by Sheamus, like it was going to be a two-on-two, and then Imperium comes out, and she announces them as Imperium, and I was like, you literally tell me, did Samantha Irvin get confused here? And I'm just like... Maybe? And then you hear you hear Michael Cole go, get ready for this six-man tag team match. I'm like, but Samantha Irvin just said, accompanied by Sheamus. So it's kind of like she got confused. Yeah, she, she definitely got a little confused. But hell, we got brawling brutes. Before you continue, uh, the commentary is going to be Michael Cole... Corey Graves for a while. Yes. Because Pat McAfee is going to be doing game day. It wasn't the same. It, it just feels weird now. Like, Corey doesn't... Listen, I think Corey Graves is a great fucking commentator. But he doesn't bring the energy like Pat does. Not only doesn't bring the energy, but he also just doesn't have as much chemistry with Michael. Yeah. Wasn't he with Michael Cole at one point, though? Yes. But he still just doesn't have the same chemistry as fucking Michael Cole and Pat does. It's just, damn, I'm gonna miss Pat so much while he's gone. Yeah. Let's let's hope the, the time that he's away with fucking game day, I, let's hope it flies by. Yeah. So, again, show kicks off with this six-man tag, and my god, Fucking awesome. Absolutely awesome. Yeah, Ridge Holland, yeah, you look at Ridge Holland and he gets a lot of shit. But, like, he did his thing here in this tag match. Like, just all six. Yeah. Fucking beat the snot out of each other again. Like, the crowd reaction when, I'm not gonna call him the, the fucking B-word, because fuck the B-word. Butch. When, when Pete Dunn made the tag to Sheamus, and that near the, like, final stretch of the match, that fucking crowd erupted. I don't think I've ever seen Sheamus as fucking over as he is right now. I think the match at Cardiff has officially turned Sheamus babyface. Yeah. I think the entire Brawling Brutes are babyface now. Mm -hmm. That's nuts. Yes, Rich Holland is babyface. That is questionable as it is. As questionable as that sounds... Brawling Brutes are over right now. Like, Sheamus, that crowd, again, that she that Sheamus crowd reaction when Pete Dunne tagged him in was fucking massive. Because mm -hmm. he went on that flurry and hit the fucking 
beats of the Bowery, and then we had like 25 of them on Ludwig Kaiser. Like, it was just a straight up fucking six man fight. Not even a tag match. It was a fight. Mm-hmm. In the end, we get a Euro bomb from Imperium on Ridge Holland, and Imperium win like right decision. You know, you just brought Imperium back together as a trio. Give them a fucking win. Give them a big win. Like that. So, in the end, like, he pinned Ridge Holland. Big fucking deal. Like, like it's not the biggest fucking win, but again, it's a solid way to start off Imperium back as a trio by giving them a win that they should have, that they easily should have done. They needed that win right off the bat. So, it was just an awesome way to kick off the show. These six beat the shit out of each other. I loved it. Loved every fucking second of it. Yeah, it was great. So again, I don't know what's going on with Gunther and Sheamus, or what's going to go on with Gunther and the Intercontinental Championship, but holy shit, it's going to be interesting. We get more of them talking about the number one contender's fatal five-way, which then turned into an elimination match for Liv Morgan, which was later on in the show. They showed the graphic for the Queen, which, rest in peace to the Queen. We got the Usos, who were backstage, you know, they were talking, they had Sammy with them and everything. It was just like, well, they came out, too. They had come out, and they talked about, this is where they introduced Solo coming out. You had Solo coming out to it, and it was just like, I still can't get over just how much they fucking screwed up at Cardiff for that finish. Yeah, it just... It's, as cool as it is to see Solo on the main roster, it just... That was the time. It just sucks, because I literally said this on our show, and you can listen to it, if you can find what episode it's in, and probably in multiple episodes... There was all the talk that they were going to bring Solo up. And the first thing I said was, God, please don't do it. I said, because literally, if you bring Solo up, it's just going to fucking continue the title run. And that's exactly what happened. Yep. This is one of those times where I hate being right. I hate it irks the shit out of me. That is like, it's literally the perfect opportunity was to take the title off. Yes, it's fucking awkward because the Usos didn't lose the titles before Roman. But like, how long can this be drug out now? And the worst part of it is supposedly Roman's not going to be freaking seen until November. Like, I know we're in September, that's, like, two months. But, like, this is just ridiculous. I don't need Roman Reigns being Brock Lesnar. That's literally all he is. Like, it just doesn't, it's not doing anything for for me. And now it just makes Solo's name just come off so fucking weird. Like, how weird does it look? Like, we literally talked about this last night. You know, Solo's story was, you know, being left by his family. 
to fight for himself. Yeah. And now he's just immediately back with the family? Like, I, I just don't get it. I don't understand it. I just don't... It was such, it was, it's still the wrong decision. It was just the wrong decision. And, you know, Drew came out, interrupted this, and it turned into a fucking brawl, and just... We ended up getting a match between Solo and Drew as the main event. You had Sammy save Solo from a chair shot. Nope, which was which is cool and all, but it's like, again, how long does... How long at this point now they have Solo, do they keep Sammy? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just... It's just the, the, the Bloodline stuff is running its course, and they're just finding these ways to keep it going, and it's just really not working anymore. And I... I you know, Devin, I love you, but my God, like... I'm sorry, this can't keep going... Just can't keep going like this. Like, Raw needs its title back. And I mean seriously. Because I do not want to watch WWE give a fucking pull an interim title situation. Because if they go, this is what we're going to have until we until Roman loses the title, then we're going to have a problem here. Yeah. Like, that's just not good. The, the, the bloodline entirety needs to come to an end. The Usos need to lose the tag team titles. Roman needs to lose those titles. We need to split them up. We need to fucking fix this now. Because right now, you had the biggest opportunity to do it on Saturday, and you fucking dropped the ball on it. Which really sucks. We then get Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah again with another match. So now they had two matches this week. Going one-on-one, going against Toxic Attraction. Your first reaction, as soon as Toxic Attraction comes out, is, what in the fuck are they doing with Toxic Attraction? Because I don't understand it either. I'm lost. I like, I am lost. I don't understand. Like, they're literally trying to stay in contention for the NXT Tag Team titles. But they're showing up on the main roster trying to stay in contention, now trying to be in contention for the main roster tag team titles. Like, clearly their objective, as what they said on NXT, was that they want to unify the NXT and main roster women's tag team titles. I just, I don't get it. What the fuck are we doing here? If you want Toxic Attraction on the main roster, why are you not bringing up all three? Why do they keep bouncing between shows? That's your problem right there, then. Yeah. Is having two sets of titles. This is why when the freaking main roster women's tag team titles came about, one, the, the NXT one should have gone. You immediately should have had the winner of the tournament of the tournament who wins the main roster titles, you immediately get rid of the NXT women's ones, the NXT ones, and just have Caden and Katana face the winners of the tournament, or just fucking, you know, get rid of the titles, put Caden and Katana in the tournament, have them win the fucking main roster titles. Could've just saved you a whole fucking step here. Yeah. 
That way, and again, go back to the fucking main roster ones, bouncing between all three shows. It's not fucking losing anything to fight for. You still have the main roster ones to fight for. Like, and this would, like, vouch for the reason as to why an NXT team is showing up on Raw and SmackDown and everything else like that. Yeah, because right now it seems like they're they're like a main roster slash NXT, NXT team, team at the same time. That's what I'm saying, but why do you keep bouncing them back, though? Yeah, it, it doesn't make You literally call them up to SmackDown to fill in for the tournament, and then it's just like, when the tournament's over, you bounce them back to NXT. But then it's just like, you bounce them back up to the main roster again. Like, at that point, just keep them on the main roster. But that's your fucking problem. You screwed that up, too, because you didn't take the fucking title off of Mandy. Like, Toxic Attraction needs to be all together. If you want Toxic Attraction all together, you gotta fucking fix the situation here. Yeah, they're, they're trying to do best of both worlds. Where exactly. Toxic Attraction are still a tag team on both brands while still being a, a part of what Mandy is doing. Yeah, and it's and just... It's just it, it ends up just coming off as, like, jumbled and confusing. It is. It's very weird. It's very, very weird. Like, it's just bizarre. Like, I have to say, though, there was a comment in this match that Corey Graves said on commentary, which is just disgusting. And that being? I won't go into much detail. You know what? Fuck it. Gigi's already came out and said this on the bump. Anyway. Uh, Not to go into too much detail, but Gigi on the bump... She was on, her toxic attraction was on the bump, and she talked about her strained relationship with her parents. Okay. And the things that they did and did not do as parents that they were more than likely, or not even more than likely, their parents they should have been doing as her parents. Mm-hmm. Corey Graves on commentary said. Gigi Dolan's parents didn't even act like parents for a majority of her life. Did he you, really say that? You don't bring that up on commentary. Yeah. You don't. You yeah, don't bring that up. that's kind of fucked up. That's kind of fucked up. It, it just, it came e- off so disgusting. E- yikes. Yikes, that's a fucking no-no there, Corey. In the end, though, tag team match was good. Like, really yeah. good. Raquel and Aaliyah win, and it's just like... Again, it just signifies, what the fuck are we doing with Toxic Attraction here? Like, they just keep... Now they're just eating losses. Yeah. Like, are you just literally gonna keep they putting They lost them- on NXT, they lost here... To a main ro- now to two main roster teams. Yeah. So it's again, why are they just not on the main roster? Like, I don't fucking understand. Why is Toxic Attraction as a whole not on the main roster? Sean, stop thinking with your head down there. Think with your head up here. Plain and fucking simple. We get. We've seen the Adam Pierce. And Ronda Rousey segment, which I thought was great, honestly. Yep. 
Adam Pierce's promo is fucking fantastic. Like I'm telling you, I want Pierce versus Rousey, and I want fucking Adam Pierce to do something in this match. I don't want it to just be this fucking thing where he does like tiny bit of offense and then Ronda comes back and just beats him. No, give me a full on intergender fucking style match where Pierce gets a lot of offense in and looks like Ronda's going to be fucked the entire time and just, you know, have her fight from the bottom again. Just like have her beat Pierce, but make it just make it fucking worthwhile. Make it worthwhile. Like I'm still pissed we never got Reigns versus Pierce. Yeah. You had me hooked for that fucking matchup, and they did not fucking do it. I'm still disappointed we never got that. Because I wanted to see if Adam Pierce could still fucking go. Like, does this really... If he has a match with Ronda, does it really show if he can still go? I don't know. Maybe. But I want to see it. I do. There's something about it. I want to fucking see it. You know, Adam Pierce is now turned into the corrupt official... So, Ronda's gonna be the one to shut him up. Let's just fucking do the match. But make sure it's something actually worthwhile and not, you know, Adam Pierce being a puss and not doing a fucking thing. Yeah. So, move on to the Fatal Five Way. Elimination match. We had Zia Lee, Sonya Deville, Natalia, Lacey Evans, and Ronda Rousey. Ronda wins the match. No surprise here. Like she really just dominated, pretty everyone. much. She she eliminated Natalia, Zaya, and Lacey. Everybody tried to jumble up on her, like multiple times, but like they didn't stick to that plan. Or no, um, she eliminated the only Natalia, she did... Lacey, and Sonya. Yep. Sonya ended up eliminating uh, Zaya. Yep. Because they had that double submission moment where Ronda put the arm bar on and then Sonya had like this head triangle yeah. on there and it was just like, it came down to Sonya and Ronda and it's like, I would have been interested in this match a while back when I actually gave a shit about Sonya, but I don't give a shit about Sonya anymore, so I generally don't care. Like, Ronda wins... More than likely, we're either going to get some more fucking screwy bullshit at Extreme Rules, or fucking, they're just going to give Ronda the title back, and all of it's just going to be for fucking nothing. I don't... The only thing with this match is that I wish they didn't go so obvious. Me, personally, I really wanted Sonya to win. I wanted Sonya to win because Adam Pearce, like, fucking distracted Ronda and got fucking gave Sonya a fucking opportunity to roll her up. But it just didn't happen. No, they the, went with the, the generally obvious that it was gonna fucking happen. And again, Extreme Rules is either gonna end in some fucking screwy bullshit again. I, I think it is gonna end in screwy bullshit. Well, that's just stupid. It's either because uh, you see the later in the show they have the Ronda Rousey Shayna Baszler interaction where Ronda goes, just let me know whenever you're ready to fucking wreck shit again. It... I think that either 
I think Shayna Baszler is gonna come out, and Ronda's like, oh yeah, here we go, we're about to wreck shit. Bam! Shayna Baszler just fucking beats the shit out of Ronda. My issue is... And we get a Shayna Baszler, Ronda Rousey feud. My thing is, I have no fucking belief that they're not gonna have Shayna versus Ronda and not have the title involved. Eh. They're more than likely gonna have the title involved if those two face off. It's just like, my my one thing is, we go screwy bullshit, and it takes me out of it completely. Because I'm really starting to fall off this whole live title run right now. Like, they ain't doing a fucking goddamn good job with it at all. And if Ronda wins the title back, I don't fucking care. I generally don't. Because that just makes everything a fucking, just for some shock value, and that's it. Because right now... Yes, you kind of bounced back a little bit from the shitty SummerSlam finish by having Liv win clean over Shayna, but it's just like, this title run really has done nothing. Yeah. It's really been kind of, really, it's been really bad, and it's like, at this point, if you're just going to fucking reset everything and just put it back on Ronda, my general fucking interest just is just not there. I'm, I'm, like, literally out of it. Like, I don't fucking care anymore, like, what's going on here. Like, they just done a really piss-poor job with this. And I mean piss-poor. Like, Liv's clearly coming off as a heel now. Because, literally, she was up there, like, just... She was sitting up in one of the suites, just kind of holding the title up and smiling and just kind of like... And I'm like, so you're trying to tell me she's a heel now? I don't... I don't get that at all. She keeps coming off heel to me. Ah. She keeps... I swear to God, they're trying to switch roles. They're going to make Ronda a babyface, and they're going to make Liv a heel, and that's why I'm saying, if they do this bullshit finish at fucking Extreme Rules, it's clearly going to show you that Liv's the heel. Because she's going to come out again and go, well, I beat Ronda, look at this, I still have the title, and it's like... Well, maybe it's one of those situations that it, it's like Dom. That he just... He needs a heel turn, or live in this scenario, needs a heel turn to save her run. Maybe she aligns herself with fucking, like, Shayna Baszler and Sonya Deville, and they just, she just fucking provides herself with all these fucking walls for people, for her to protect her own title reign. Oh, God. I just don't know how I feel about it. Like, I'm starting to, I'm starting to just fall off it. Like, I, it doesn't matter what anymore. Like, I'm, I'm just starting to fall off it now. It's just kind of... I'm just kind of, like, sitting back and just letting it happen, and I don't care anymore. Like, it's just no... There's no interest in it, really, anymore. We had the Usos and Sami Zayn and Solo Sokoa backstage. The backstage segment, they were kind of, like, hyping up Solo the entire time, and it was just, like... Sammy inter like walked in and it was just like Solo gave him the thanks for taking the bullet for the chair and everything and then Jay of course had his whole thing where he's like still pissed off at Sammy Jimmy's still kind of the neutral corner here like it's it's still enjoyable it's definitely still enjoyable but I still can see it coming that they're eventually just gonna kick Sammy out yeah they're gonna kick Sammy out and I can, it's, it, it, I don't know how, I don't know how much longer it's going to be until they do it, 
but I can feel it coming. It's going to happen. Now that Solo's here, there ain't no way Sammy stays. There ain't no fucking way Sammy stays. So, you told me there's the one moment about Sammy kind of, again, almost making Jey Uso break character again, which I thought was fucking hysterical. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Sammy Zayn is fucking wonderful. Like, the fact that he's now gotten the Usos and even Roman to break character multiple times now is fucking wonderful. Yeah. Sami Zayn is fucking incredible, and like I said, if everyone keeps saying that it's going to be Sami and Kevin Owens versus the Usos for the tag team titles, first off, that match is going to be fucking incredible when it happens. And I just can't wait to see what's going to happen when Sammy, when they turn on Sammy and just like Kevin Owens has to come out and make the save and what's going to happen. Like, I just can't wait to see what's going to happen here for this. But clearly, it's coming soon that Sammy's going to get kicked out. We get Hit Row and Street Profits teaming up to face Maximum Male Models and Los Lotharios. Now, I don't know. It's like, it's like, okay. It's an okay tag match. It, it's exactly what you would expect. Yeah. Like, Maximum Male Model still does nothing for me. I don't really fucking care. The Everything about it just doesn't do a damn thing for me. Again, I like Los Lotharios as a team, but, like, they don't do anything on TV enough, except job out most of the time, so it's a team that I don't really fucking care, like I'm not supposed to care about, even though I like them, because they're both really good, but it's just like, they job out more than anything, so like, why should I care? Yeah. Again, I love that Hit Row is back, love the Street Profits, Hit Row and Street Profits get the win, Again, it was just an okay tag match. I just hate Ashanti the Adonis. I know, you fucking pick he on him every does time. Nothing. He starts the match, does two moves, tags out to fucking Top Dollar, and then fucking does nothing for the rest of the fucking match. Ugh. I don't. He's not that bad. He is so pointless. It's just, you know, it is what it is. Like, you might as well be having a three-on-four fucking handicap match. <laughs> That's how fucking inconsequential Ashanti the Adonis is, is to hit row matches. And every single fucking time, he has to fucking do the their terrible fucking finishing moves. I know, I hate that drop kick back suplex thing. It's stupid. And he's always the one to get the pin. And then he fucking gets up and he's all like swaggadocious with it. He's like, oh yeah, look at me. I, I got the pin for us. I did fucking 14 seconds worth of offense. Swaggadocious? Yeah. I want to I wanna know how the fuck you spell it's that. It's a combination of swaggy and braggadocious. I'm going to figure out how you spell that, because now it's I want to know. S-W-A-G-adocious. <laughs> sure. Okay. Anyway. Again, it's it's not that bad of a tag team. It's okay. It's just okay. 
there's the whole thing after the show where yeah. Maximum Male Models is backstage with Maxine and you just see Max Dupree walking around and just like, it's okay, it's alright, don't worry, everything's fine, everything is fine the entire time. Chin he up. just keeps got a like, chin up, like, keep your, just keep those chins up and then he just goes, what was it, the whole... He says, uh, uh, you must get through the day so you can get to the night. Yeah. This man's gonna go back to L.A. night and I can't fucking wait because fuck this maximum male model bullshit. I'm over it. Yeah! It's just, it's this shit does not work. I generally don't get how anybody enjoys this. Like, how? It's really bad. And I mean really bad. Like, I can't stand it. You had Mace, who was literally teaming up with T-Bar, and you could have had this big, fucking, gigantuan fucking tag team of those two, and had them wreck shit in the tag division. But no, let's split them fucking up so Mace can do this fucking garbage. Why? T-Bar still hasn't been on fucking TV. Hey, Triple H, where's T-Bar? Give me some fucking T-Bar. You know, while we're at it, since we haven't had the fucking chance to bring him up, where's Robert Roode? Send him back to Canada, probably. I'd love to know. So now we'll probably over a hundred days without Robert Roode now. Way too many. It's nuts. It's fucking nuts. They put Dolph on TV. Now they broke up the fucking Dirty Dogs. They put Dolph on TV more than they put Robert Roode on TV. That's a problem. Why is Robert Roode not on television? We continue seeing more of Braun Strowman's return. How it's coming up later in the night also. We got more stills of Clash of the Castle. Alpha Academy comes out. Again, it's this whole raw people showing up at SmackDown thing. Kind of enjoying it anyway, so... Again, it's not really affecting the show, making it awful, so... They come out. They try to repeat the whole Kevin Owens and Elias thing, digging on Seattle. Like, with Alpha Academy, and it was like... It kind of worked, it, but it almost just felt like kind of forced. It got a less reaction than it did the first time, but it still got around the same reaction with them bringing up the fact that Seattle doesn't have a basketball team anymore. It, it felt kind of forced, though, because we were in Seattle and they were just like, hey, you think we can relive that moment of what Elias and Kevin Owens did? And we'll try it with Alpha Academy? Like, you know what? Why don't you just leave it with Owens and Elias and not have to do it again? Like, is that just a fucking thing now? Every time WWE goes to Seattle, a heel's gotta come out and try to relive that moment again and see if somebody can have that fucking pure, you know five to ten minutes of fucking pure heat just sitting there and absorbing all of it, like... I don't know, it just didn't work as well with Gable doing it. 
There's something about it that just didn't work as well. Yeah. Like, because again, Owens and Elias, it felt like... It felt like... What was the word I'm looking for here? Like, it felt legit. Like, it just was one of those moments where it was like, let's just see how they fucking come back from this one. This one just felt like, hey, do you think we can do it again? Like, didn't really... It just didn't hit as much to me. I thought it was... Again, I thought it was funny, because they tried it, but it just didn't hit as much compared to the original version of it. It still got a good reaction, though. Yeah, but I think the original And when I mean still, good, I mean, like... They almost got booed out of the arena. The original one is still better. Mm-hmm. Just Kevin Owens and Elias just sitting there waiting for them to stop. And they're just like, don't worry, we can wait here all night. Like, you can keep booing all you want. We'll just wait here. Like, Gable's trying to stop them the entire time. And it was just like, yeah, Kevin and Elias did it so much better. Yeah. So, Braun Strowman made his way out. And again, just absolutely wrecks... Gable and Otis. Even powerbombing Otis, which is fucking nuts. Like, yes, it's Braun Strowman. We know the guy is big strong. But, like, he just picked up Otis. Not a lot of people pick up Otis. So, yeah, that, that was not, fucking that's nuts. That's not a normal occurrence that you could just say about yeah. everyone. Yeah, so... That's nuts. So, again, it's just good... I don't know what the hell's gonna continue happening with Braun Strowman. But, boy oh boy, again, happy as fuck the bronze back. This was, I think it was after this where they announced that they're having a rematch of the Fatal 4-Way. That happened on Raw, it's going to happen on SmackDown now. So, it's going to be interesting. So, more than likely though, I think the New Day win. Probably. Which is just, really, another fucking Usos New Day match. Like... God damn it. Especially after just coming off losing the Viking Rules match, and now they're just going to get a tag team title match. Like, why aren't the Viking Raiders in this fucking match? Instead of, oh, I don't know, Los fucking Lotharios. Because they don't want to give Viking Raiders a loss already. And then you know, a, then, then you know them, how you fix that situation? You don't have them lose. Yeah, but then that's two heel tag teams going out of there once. I think the people would root for the Viking Raiders over the Usos right now because fucking I think people are just ready for the Uso run to be over just as much as the Roman run. So I think they'd root for the fucking Viking Raiders. Main event. Drew McIntyre versus Solo Sokoa. It's a great match. Don't yeah. get me wrong. It's great. It ends in a, in a DQ finish. Karrion Cross shows up and chokes out Drew McIntyre. So, in all technicalities, it was the right decision. Yeah. Because Drew wins by DQ, but Solo doesn't get pinned. So that was a good one. Right off the bat, you didn't immediately have Solo take the pin because it started to look like Drew was going to end up doing it. As much as I love Drew McIntyre, again, he has been booked incredibly unstoppable. Still. Like, he literally was about to overcome the odds again. And like a four-on-one. Yeah. So, but again, they having Cross jump him and put him in the Cross jacket was the right decision. Drew wins by DQ, 
but Solo doesn't need a pin, so that's the right decision. I love the presentation of this attack. I did too. I like how the screen immediately went black and white. As soon as Cross locks in the Cross jacket and the fucking screen went black and white, and I'm just like, can that just be a thing for all Cross matches now? Like... And then also, he holds in the cross jacket longer and longer, and the screen just slowly, slowly fades. To black. S slowly yeah. fades to black, and you hear fucking Michael, hear Cole, Michael Cole in the background. Screaming for help. Yeah, like, it was cool. Like, it was awesome. They're making... Triple H is making Karrion Cross look like an absolute threat. And I love it. Unlike Vince trying to make him look like an executioner. Look like a gladiator. Looking no like fucking, fucking demolitions, like long lost tag team partner. Someone with a BDSM kink. <laughs> Motherfucker wore suspenders. You know you have a kink when you wear suspenders. Suspenders and a fucking gladiator helmet. Yep. Looks like he was about to come in with a whip. He's about to recreate. He's about to turn three hundred into a porno. Yeah. Wow. That's nuts. Anyway, great way to end SmackDown. SmackDown was really good as well. Again, another really fucking good week of wrestling. Mm -hmm. Like, fresh off of a freaking crazy-ass weekend, we get a full week of awesome shows. Because, again, Raw was freaking great. SmackDown was great. NXT was really good. After all the bullshit that's been going on in AEW, the entirety of pretty much, pretty much the entirety of AEW was fucking great. So, like, to kind of get everybody's mind off the bullshit, they were just like, let's just give them a fucking great show. And they were just like, there you go. Yeah. So, we'll be ready for whatever the hell's next week. Can't wait to see it. Definitely amped because, you know, wrestling is good. And fucking WWE's stepped their shit up still. Raw and SmackDown just keep getting better. NXT's starting to hit again, you know, like, again, 2.0 had its moments where it was kind of iffy, but this whole one-year anniversary thing on Tuesday should be fucking awesome, so, can't wait to see what's gonna happen, that is it for us, we will be back soon, classic pay-per-view, possibly tomorrow, not 100% sure yet, we'll figure it out. Maybe we'll just drop it on you as a big-ass surprise. We don't know. But keep your eyes peeled for it. Again, it'll be NXT TakeOver Toronto 2019. So keep your eyes peeled for that. This is it for us for the weekly episode. We'll be back again, though, next Saturday for another big freaking weekly episode. So, find the podcast on any platform that you can find it on. I don't know specifics on which platform. I can't remember them all off the top of my head. Just find it on a platform, whichever one you want. Follow us on Twitter. Follow me at JustinTime211. Follow me at JeremyInTime721. Until then, we are out of here.